Yes, hello, I am James Rowland and today we are live. Not only that, but it's the 450th WNR and it's WWE Survive Series 2022. I'm not alone, I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. But first, war! Yeah! What is it good for? Absolutely nothing! Sing it again! I said, everybody, I said, war! God damn, now, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing! (laughs) Yes, welcome to War Games. Let me introduce the team up first by my side for every WWE and AW show. And tonight, looking to win the WWE Prediction League, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How you doing? Hello, hello. Yes, the pressure is on tonight. Is like there's no games tonight for me. This is this is serious. This is war. Uh, quote Rocky: There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. But no pressure. All right. I mean, you know, I, I've not felt that from you. You know, so <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I won't mention what happened last week in AEW, and I wish Plus you. Not. I wish you all the best for tonight. Up next, our our resident (laughs) NXT and New Japan expert and a man looking to dash Jaxie's dreams. It is Monty. How's it going, fella? I'm holding on. You just mentioned Jaxie. The pressure is on. It's it's legit. I talked to Big Game the other day, but I'm feeling it. I'm nervous, so I'm ready to get into it. But I I have to apologize. To everyone who was born and who's like 21 years and younger, you have no clue what the hell that intro song was. I'm sorry. I, they old. I tried, I told you I want the phone. They old. Well, <laughs> great start, Monty. We're course live, so I can't edit this out. But I'm going to do <laughs> this. is last, but by no means least. And if Monty didn't like that one, he ain't going to like this one. Because I quote the great Huey Lewis. Kids, Google it. <laughs> The power of Gina is a curious thing. Make one man weep, make another man sing. Change a hawk to a little white dove. More than a feeling, that's the power of Gina. You don't need money, don't take fame, don't need no credit card to ride this train. And it's sudden and it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That is the power of Gina. Welcome, Gina. I assume you have a DeLorean, or at least like a sports almanac, to know the future for tonight's event. <laughs> of course, of course. But the DeLorean is always going to be look towards Ricky Starks. Aside from that, aside from that, I will be the best person that I can with these predictions tonight. <laughs> we'll just say- and I hope you guys can like take my predictions for the best that I can do. <laughs> like I said, if you can see anything, if you feel anything happening, uh, just let us know. And just, you know, because exactly. like I said, any spoilers would be much appreciated. Uh, we've any got... form of G-Sight. Yeah. G-Sight is on the way. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, Gina Voyant will be paying attention. But so much on today's show. All the latest news, Raw and Smackdown history of Survivor Series. But we start with the Soccer World Cup, or should I say, the Soccer World Cup. 
Yeah, soccer, not football, not kickball, soccer. <laughs> uh, sorry, Monty, I apologise in advance. I'm not going to really stop. Um, Jackson, Gina, I know you're not football fans because you support Arsenal. <laughs> Ouch. 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 Oh, snap. James, you better watch yourself, you know. Yeah, you better, like, take care of yourself, bruv. You know yeah. that. Well, no, I will say the three Lions, we are very disappointed with this recent recent game. But our I first mean, game tells all. Pack. Yeah, our first game tells all, okay? So we had a 6-2 win in our mm. first game. Exactly. And it's just unfortunate that the USA kept us on our toes. So you're lucky. That's what I say to you guys. You're lucky. Oh, glory. <laughs> Sorry, Monty, but you can't even say that the US had luck on their side because they were just a trap, if if I'm honest. Like, both teams just, like, didn't didn't dominate at all. So... You know, we'll we'll see what the next round says, but yeah, it was it was just a bit of a disappointing match because it was kind of boring, and we just saw a bunch of footballers being like, acting like little high school kids. You know, yeah. Yeah. Of the the grass, uh, it help seeing the, the, the grass play the way they did, and then yeah. seeing Butch lose his match the way he did. I was like, great! In the same day, England yeah. lost twice. Exactly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, Monty? England didn't actually lose, but we consider it a loss because it was against America. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but to, to be fair, technically, because this is still a draw, y'all still can keep James Corden. I'm just saying. Yeah. Y'all can oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, no. I was, come on, man. I was saying. With regards to James Corden, you guys can have him. Monty, take him. Have him. Wrap him up in a bow tie and just have him. Because the UK don't want him. Well, I was about to say, if anybody doesn't know, if anybody believes or whether it is a soccer World Cup, and of course we had the USA versus England. Yes, England is different to Britain, anybody doesn't know. Um, (laughs) We should say. And again, some like... Goaltender, goal defender, a kickball, quarterback. We got linebackers. We got the attacking zone. Oh we got God. the end zone. We got touchdown. We got a home run. Best one I heard. The game last night ended in a tie. It's a tie game. Uh, the game a is tie. <laughs> tie. Uh, he got a bucket. Uh, this game is a real free piner. Like I, I just the, the Americans and every, there's no way somebody said no. And in the crowd. Every 15 minutes, uh, USA, USA. Oh, yeah. You know, just That's like, my God, <laughs> fair play to you, Monty. Like I said, it was a tough battle as it was, and we didn't see any uh, touchdowns, unfortunately. The, like I said, the goaltenders played quite well. Uh, but it is disappointing. But again, like we talk about, USA can still go through if uh, they beat Iran, which, again, what could possibly go wrong in a match like that? <laughs> Uh, but, <laughs> Monty, do you watch? I mean, of... ask Argentina, and they'll tell you straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Germany aren't doing that good either, yeah. so you know what I'm saying. Uh, but do you watch a lot, of, uh, a lot of soccer, Monty? 
you know, have you, is it just a sport you think women do? You know, because I know, like, in America, <laughs> that was quite successful for a while. But we have got the MLS, though. So, you know, is there, yeah. is there I'm not going to say you've ever been to a game, you know, but have you, have you ever watched two minutes of it? Well, in, I, in college, I definitely, I had to record a couple games. That was my job. So I, I did some college soccer over here. But uh, nothing nothing major I've ever been. It's, of course, it's not as big, but I, I do keep up with it. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I care about it too much. Like, no, like, I was mostly a fan through FIFA. FIFA got me to watch a few big games throughout the year, but not too much. So, but uh, I, it's, I, it's plenty of, the thing is about America, it's plenty of Americans who, people who are, uh, you know, are immigrants and all that. I remember going to college and when the World Cup was going on, uh, when I was a freshman, the, man, the clubhouses and all that used to be all, all types of coaches just go to one room and just watch the World Cup and just lose their minds. And I used to watch it and uh, enjoy it. But, yeah, it, it's funny how how serious we take it. I honestly think the only reason why you get any trash talk from Americans is because we're playing you guys. It's always something about being matched up in England with England in some, any, type of, any type of way. The USA are always going to try to, you know, rub it in or – actually care about it for a change but it's like you mentioned our women's national team is probably way more popular than our u.s national men's national team so yeah. it's definitely uh more of that thing going on over here but i watched it every now and then but i'm not going to pretend to pay attention to fifa as much as plenty of other people do around the world and it's like i said it's other americans who like it more than i do yeah. too well, no, I don't want to say anything, but the Lionesses did win the Euros uh, and we're probably going to win the World Cup as well. So USA probably <laughs> won't do it. But again, it's not about, it's not about us. Like I said, <laughs> with England, uh, we, we'll see what happens. And the other thing that annoys me, the MLS, the way the Americans are, the teams sound so much better. So you've got like San Jose Earthquakes, LA Galaxy, yeah. Seattle Sounders. We've got Stoke City, <laughs> Aquiton Stanley. <laughs> Bristol and City and Rovers, you know, because we know shit they are. Like, it's just a whole <laughs> thing, you know. It's, it's crazy. But let's hope we can meet again in the final. You know, like I said, the USA versus uh, an England soccer World Cup final, I think, is oh what everybody goodness. wants. <laughs> Twitter will be entertaining. That's yeah. what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's out, you know. Uh, but that is the Soccer World Cup. We thought we'd mention it, of course, let's continue. Uh, the final USA versus the uh, English will be December 18th. Anybody's interested? Put your money on it now. Uh, but today... Like and I also about, just say that it was really great for Baron Corbin who um, chip in on this on commentary on SmackDown. I love the fact that he kind of brought the World Cup into, you know, the SmackDown World Cup um, tournament because obviously there was Butch um, with his match. So for me, I really enjoyed the fact that Baron brought that in, talked about the three mean, Lions, and it kind of just... You mean Wade Barrett, not Baron Sorry, Corbin? Sorry, I'm saying the wrong name. Yeah? Yeah, you are. Because Wade, <laughs> Wade Barrett was the one talking Wade about that. Ignore me. <laughs> I mean Ray Barrett, but I love the fact that he touched on it because he is yeah. British. 
but I, I'm just going to go full UK bread person here. But screw you, Michael Cole, for even trying to make a commentary <laughs> about the fucking football match. Like you actually know what soccer yeah. is. Yeah. Sorry. Michael, Michael, Michael Cole knows who's a good fucking striker on the England team. Yeah. Fuck when off, Michael. Like, when I heard him bring up the, the World Cup in terms of the football, I was like, Michael Cole... Do not act like you actually know what the fuck is happening in the World Cup because you don't watch soccer. I know you don't. So don't even act like you he know. He definitely just checks the scores on the Sky Sports app. <laughs> <laughs> that's a piece yeah. of coming to take Michael oh, Cole away from the prediction. Well, as you can say, let me talk about the World Cup. Hopefully, we can go away, but we'll talk about it if it's more successful. If we get knocked out... We will never mention it again. Uh, we're going to talk about the 450 shows as well. Devonar 450. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. I don't know if you can tell, but I think some of us have been celebrating 450 shows today already. Uh, so if you do hear that, <laughs> that during the show, I think it'd be fair to say. Um, but it's the show itself. Do 450 shows. It has been a long time, and I've got to admit to you guys, at this moment in time, uh, it's probably the most fun I've had doing podcast at this moment in time, just because we just don't know what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis, especially when it comes to the wrestling this year. It's been fucking mental, uh, and it is a joy to do the show, and the trick is as well, and people ask me as well, you know, the more you guys talk and watch, the less I have to do which, again, I've got no problem with that. You know, it's like, as soon as Jaxie said she watched the AEW Media Scrum, I didn't have to. Fine. <laughs> I've got no problems. Um, and, we, again, another thing we'll talk about. James, you lazy asshole. That's what it means to be a team, you know. Uh, I was definitely interested to hear what Tony Khan had to say in that media scrum. So I was uh, more than happy to kind of share my thoughts on it. So thank you all for listening, whoever did. Yeah, that was a, it's much appreciated. And yes, Gina, I'm lazy. But <laughs> it, you guys have given me reason to be. <laughs> no, so look at that as a positive. It's always a positive, James. I will take that. (laughs) (laughs) But we talk about as well, it's weird, the time differences. I mean, Monty, I don't even really think at this moment in time, all the the people have asked, you know, been doing it for so long, what kind of time do you record podcasts? And to be fair, for like seven years, I've recorded it around, you know, Saturdays around this time. So it's not much different to me. But the thing is, after we do a show, Monty, this is nothing on you, but... I always, and this is even a group show, because we always do it kind of in the evening. I always get quite tired after a show. But for you, you just be carrying on with your day. It must be a bit weird because I like I want to do that. I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's, it's definitely um, y'all. I, at first, especially when I first started doing these, you would catch me off guard, and as we start doing the group events, all of you would, because you guys would be talking about it and saying good night or saying things like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm about to close, I'm, I'm about to be done for the night, I'm about to go to sleep or something like that, and I'm just like you said, it's three, four p.m. over here, <laughs> so you know, I just like okay, well, you know, do your thing, and I'm just gonna continue, like you said, continue my day. 
uh, like nothing's going on. So yeah, it, at first it was definitely something I noticed, but as I've gotten used to it, it you know, it's all it's all a part of it now, you know. Yeah, without a doubt, like I said, it's it's like I said, it's been good, uh, and we're going to continue as long as like I said, everybody is happy. Uh, and of course, tonight is Survivor Series, uh, and the WNR's first Survivor Series back in 2015 saw so Dean lose the world title, Roman Reigns winning uh, and becoming WWE champion, and then facing Sheamus. So I'm glad things have changed in seven years. Otherwise, I'd be getting a little bit confused, I suppose. Uh, but, of course, that was <laughs> when uh, Dean lost to Roman and then Sheamus cashed in. Uh, so we talk about favourite Survivor Series moments. I think, for me, 92 was my kind of unofficial first WWE event. I mean, I was a little child, and I was little, Monty, right? I weren't like in my 20s. Uh, and like, I remember watching it with like my dad and stuff like that, but not really going into it. Uh, and then night four to night nine, total changed hands at every event. So Survivor Series did feel a bit special. Um, Jaxie, for you, what's your first either Survivor Series moment or memory, and what's your favourite moment? Um. Uh, oh, that's difficult. You've put me on the spot and I've not really actually kind of reminisced about like previous Survivor Series. So I'm actually trying to think what has been on the card already. Yeah, well, I can run through it if it helps you guys out. Like I said, 94 to (laughs) to 99, the total change (laughs) hands. Every event, 2003, maybe the best one ever. Personally, my one, the best one ever team, Bischoff versus Team Austin. 2007, you had Edge making the turn and Hell in a Cell match. In 2014, Sting made his WWE debut. That's eight years ago. You know, and we thought Sting was old then, and he's thrown himself off (laughs) structures every AEW pay-per-view now. 2016, this is all podcast years as well. Now, uh, Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar in a couple of minutes. 2017, Shield versus The New Day. Who can forget that match? 2019, with NXT involved, Adam Cole... Versus Pete Dunn is a match I'll always remember. I've always held Survivor Series pretty high on my list. Uh, Monty, what about you? Any Survivor Series moments that come to your mind? Uh, I think you skipped over it. Uh, I think it was 2004. Uh, I vividly remember, I think, Undertaker and Kane, Buried Alive match. Oh. I think it was when Kane uh, took advantage of him. I, I forgot exactly how, but Kane won. And that set it all the way up for uh, a badass Undertaker. To turn yeah. back to Dead Man Undertaker at WrestleMania, so yeah, I remember. That's, yeah, that sticks out in my mind. And Did of you course, know? you you mentioned Sting, but Ziggler from that night too, uh, it kind of sticks out in my mind too when he uh, so survived because of Sting and all of that. So, oh uh, yeah. yeah, um, okay, correct me if this if I'm wrong. Was um, was it Survivor Series when Stone Cold got run over at the end? Or am I, or is yes, that? Stone or... Cold. Well, first, with Monty, you're thinking of the 03, because it's Vince Undertaker. 03? Okay, so I was right. Kane, okay, like, so cost him. Okay. Led to WrestleMania 20 and 04. So, pretty much on the money. Like I said, in 99, gotcha. uh, Austin got hit by a car halfway through the event. Got right. Yeah, yeah. So, big show was on that, the title that, that night. Was that Rikishi? Because I was remember that... in 2002. Paul Heyman sided with Big Show, didn't he? Was it Big Show? Yeah. 
Paul Heyman aligned himself with, but what yeah, Jaxi is talking it, about, I remember that, like, Rikishi it was revealed to be eventually Rikishi, but it like the night of was yeah, it the night of Survivor Series that Stone Cold got ran over, or was it the Raw after? No, it was the Survivor Series night. He got ran over. Okay, okay, I'm gonna choose that as my top moment then because I just remember being actually flabbergasted that someone ran Stone Cold over. Like I said it was Rikishi as well. Yeah. Jean, you were talking about uh, like I said, 2000 and. Uh, yeah, two thousand two. With um, I could, I just remember Paul Heyman, like siding with the Big Show, yeah. and I know that was that that was yeah. a Survivor yeah, he Series. He turned on Brock, right? Yeah, turned it across yeah. Brock, the uh, WWE yeah. title same yeah. night. Yeah. Shawn Michaels Elimination Chamber and the World Heavyweight Title. But that was that the cage match with Big Show. No, that was just a singles match. Heyman costed him, and I think yeah. Um, yeah. And then that led to Brock and um, Kurt at WrestleMania. That was 19, I think, it was 03. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. But yeah. rec- has Survivor Series recently? I mean, Jaxie, I'll ask this. Is Survivor Series I recently... remember, because I swear I told Jaxie. I was like, literally, Jaxie, Paul Heyman is turning on Brock Lesnar tonight. And then next thing you know, he's siding with Big Show. But has so, Survivor another... Series lost its luster? Has it? You know, for me, like, so especially, yeah. it felt like a special event. And maybe that's why they've introduced war games is because are the elimination Survivor Series matches old hat now? Or, you know, is that a thing in the past? Well, I mean, it's sad because I really enjoy Survivor Series and I still look at it like, you know, you, you envision Survivor Series and you still think brand versus brand. And it's hard for me to think anything other than that at this moment in time. I still see it as brand versus brand. But it's hard because, again, we have, like, Roman, who is double champ, the Usos, who are double champ. So at this moment in time, it's not like they can have that sort of match where it's tag champ against tag champ, world champion against world champion. It's so hard to, like, try and call it because they're holding both belts. Mm. Well, this is the thing, but that Monty, do you think they should get rid of the Spicer's name and just literally have war games in November? Or do you think there's still... Like, I like even me reminiscing about it and uh, about the name yeah. itself. It got it has so much history, man. Like you mentioned, you know, I, I always think about like Undertaker debuted there. The Rock, if I remember it right, was in a Survivor Series match. So it, it just has such a great history and lineage that I, I find I really real find it hard. It's like getting rid of Royal Rumble, in my opinion. It's in that same ilk, even if it hasn't been. And like you mentioned, the brand versus brand stuff. You know, they kind of ran that into the ground. I think once NXT joined, they pretty much had ran that brand supremacy angle as far as you can get it. And when they came back the next year and didn't have NXT in it, they, you know, they kind of really messed that up. And I kind of like Triple H's approach of trying to go back to the storytelling. Like we mentioned, a lot of these moments that stick out in your mind, Austin getting ran over or like like I said, the Buried Alive, those were story-based matches that happened at Survivor Series. So I did, th- I did think Vince, over the years, kind of got lazy and started, to, even though we had some interesting matchups, great champions fighting champions every now and then, it still kind of, like you mentioned, got stale, and Survivor Series lost its status as one of those big four pay-per-views. I think maybe you could say, like, Money in the Bank took its spot or something like that as being important. So uh, I do think War Games will help the Survivor Series name get back into that big four category where it's supposed to be because like you said the history is that great 
Yeah, like I said, there's been so much with Survivor Series. War Games is a good concept. I'm a bit upset NXT haven't got War Games now. Because now we've got this horrible event deadline coming up. But yeah. I'll hold, <laughs> hold no, back. I was actually going to say, I was actually going to say um, another highlight for me was uh, Survivor Series introducing Raw versus SmackDown versus uh, NXT. Um, obviously, I think with the damaging that Vince really did with NXT 2.0, uh, it, it's really hard to see NXT as a dominating factor if they were to c- sort of incorporate them at this moment in time. But like, think back to when, um, you know, NXT was dominated by the likes of Raquel Gonzalez and Shayna Baszler and, and, and you know, names names that actually were really incorporated with it. Tommaso Ciampa, you know, like actual Tommaso Ciampa, not just Ciampa, like Tommaso Ciampa, um, you know, Real big names that actually were bringing something to NXT. Um, I I personally would actually love it if NXT got back to that sort of level level of caliber, where we did get a sort of like a triple threat sort of situation that was always happening at Survivor Series, and with it eventually, you know, kind of being rebranded as War Games, it's just been a, a shame with how the packaging has been for NXT 2.0 lately because. Uh, you know, in that sense, I can see from a a branding, um, what sort of point of view why it would be better to sort of not do it as a a brand war games this year round. Um, so I kind of can't blame them for that. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's about stakes, isn't it? I think with matches and the bloodline match would have worked if it was five on five tag, no matter what. I mean, obviously we adding war games to it. But I always remember slides, mm-hmm. I think right back in 2005. And it's so simple. And it was like the winning team can choose what they want, even if it's like an Intercontinental title shot or, you know, tag right. title shot, WWE, just whatever it was. And it means something. And the, the problem, you mentioned Money in the Bank. If we look at the last two Money in the Bank, like winners, either it would be the men mm-hmm. or with the women, you know, you've got Nikki Cross in there, you've got Otis where nothing happens, Furies, nothing happened. And again, then it loses its last and you think, well, what's the point in that? It's like, for me, I'd love a King Living tournament in June and a winner of that would then go and face a champion at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. You know? like yep. I know they did do that with Brock Lesnar back in 02, but again, you know, and I think with Survivor Series, if they say tonight, you know, the winning but team... story-wise, that would make sense. It would make sense and they just don't do it by a story. And it's like, why? Why are you not doing this story? Because that would make so much sense. Uh, I think even the uh, nice uh, came uh, back, they were uh, fighting for their job. So it's just like any type of story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could work. Like, as much as I am enjoying it right now, um, again, be, having Roman Reigns as the undisputed champion on both brands is causing it hard to is is making it difficult to actually uh think of a king of the ring tournament when right now they're clearly trying to kind of figure out who it is that's going to dethrone him um we kind of just need to get to that stage now even though i don't want it to happen because i'm loving everything to do with the bloodline at the same time we do need to think about separating both of these belts now because we're not being able to get enough momentum on either shows because of it. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's the big issue. Yeah, it's like everyone is waiting to see Roman because he holds both belts. And it's not a bad thing, but Roman's not on every show. 
So it's kind of like, especially with Bray Wyatt and people like that coming back, it's kind of like, well, you should really separate the belts again so that you have two people sort of dominating both shows. And then that way fans are seeing, you know, the both of the belts rather than just sort of, oh, we'll wait until Roman can show up on this date or wait until Roman can show up to this show. And as much as I love my daddy reigns, I'm sorry, but if I'm not seeing daddy every week, it makes it pointless for me because that's what I'm watching the show for. And right now, that's how fans are seeing it. We're watching the show to see the Usos, to see the bloodline, to see everyone. And at the moment, we're only getting one on one show and then all of them on another. So... I don't know how long that momentum is going to last. It was going to be a difficult one because it's like you're going to get rid of the golden goose, you know. And this is the problem with Reigns' title right now is what happens after. And it's all, you know, like I said, have the right person and make sure that person has the right reign. It's all been good, you know, Roman dropping the title, but if the guy then only holds it for a couple of months and it doesn't make the same, then what was the point, really, you know? So, like I said, it's going to be really interesting. 2023 could be even more interesting than 2022, as in in-ring and future of WWE and what direction we're actually going to go. Because, like I said, so many returns this year. Uh, it's trying to fit them all in. And, again, there's going to be people that miss out. And even in AEW, there are people uh, that are missing out at this moment in time. But we're going to move on to a bit of news and we're going to talk about the Welsh government, because I know everybody wants to talk about that. Uh, and basically, they refused to answer how much funding it gave to WWE to host the Clash at the Castle event. So the Welsh government actually paid WWE, in part, we don't know how much it wow. really was, but to host. And now they are refusing, saying that uh, it doesn't matter what money we gave them it was a massive boost to the economy uh which no oh, doubt that's embarrassing. <laughs> no doubt it would i mean WWE released their q3 earnings uh as they do and they announced their international ticket sales and they only had one event mind you one event which was clash at the right. castle they made eight million dollars just from ticket sales put it in perspective they made uh, 8 million in the clash ticket sales yeah it, it put it in perspective AEW got million dollar gate for like 12,000 at full gear then why didn't I yeah. get with my ticket <laughs> 8 no, million where was your teeth your teeth they made more money for merchandise than any other event, including any WrestleMania of all time. Rah! <laughs> run it up, run it up. No surprises. Yeah. WWE want to make this a yearly thing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you think WWE, you think you want to make it a daily, like a yearly thing? Wow. Infinite. Like, Annually, I, the only money I spent at Clash at the Castle was in relation to the beer. <laughs> so what they made for other people in terms of merchandise is like shit. I mean, okay, well next time you come to the UK in Cardiff, I expect a free drink with my fucking ticket. Well, Monty, like I know you've been to a mania, but like the line for merchandise <laughs> was like around the stadium. 
Like I, I, I couldn't believe uh, it. That's how crazy. I didn't even. Were. I didn't contemplate and waiting in that line. I saw it and was like, oh fuck it. I'd actually rather wait in the line for a beer than actually the merchandise. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, it was like that at Mania too, though. Like the merch lines were way longer than the the concession stands or even the bathroom line, restroom lines or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was it, it's crazy though to think, like you guys mentioned, just all of that money. But you you guys got a front row seat to see all of that money being <laughs> you know passed around. So just think about that. You guys were in the building, but eight million dollars yeah. <laughs> was transferred to WWE. Wow. <laughs> I said it is. They're just printing money, and and then AEW announced they want to come to London. No shit. Of course, <laughs> everyone wants to come to NWA and Trevor Murdoch. I mean, I've been waiting on this since Fast. Like, take my money, hurry up and come over here. Seriously, I've been but waiting. I don't understand the, the AEW coming to to London is the start of my life. So I'm ready to pay whatever whatever coin they need, just as long as they allow me to stalk Ricky Starks, then I'm good. Yeah. Everyone is going to be over there. For, if, if they saw those those numbers, you everybody will be booking shows. They're, they're going to be using the podcast's wit statements after what Gina does when she finally meets Ricky Starks. So they're going to be going back. Yeah, they're going to need every legal document that they can get. They're going to need that. So they may as well start ahead of time. I'm just going to put it here as well. None of y'all did anything to prevent me from potentially having been arrested when I actually almost jumped over to meet Okada. So all I'm saying is... No, that was for you. You abandoned at the bar with the shots <laughs> and the beer. No, no, I am You were a kite in the wind. There was nothing we could do. I'm not having the WNR fans think that we did not help you with a car You didn't have my back, though. You didn't have my back when I tried to jump over. So all I'm saying is, I'm not going to be liable for my sister's actions if she's anywhere near Ricky Starks. I'm not actually being in, uh, it, like being held responsible for that. Dad, I'm just letting you know that now. The thing is, I love you, Dad. is I'll be to Ricky Starks, so I'll have to do what uh, Brian Danielson did. Or no, what Moxie said to him, just like, just run. Run as far away as you can. Never come back. Do that. Do that. <laughs> That, you have to bitch up Gina just to actually get her to control herself. <laughs> well, when we talk about the UK, of course, AEW and WWE will be coming back in 2023. Uh, how important is that? But another company has said it's going to come back. If reports are true, looks like Weld of Sport is planning a relaunch, everybody. Yes. Nicole, this and Mickey James are talking about potentially being... Involved, of course. Uh, Oldest was in NWA uh, for five years, and James is working in Impact. Of course, they're free agents now, and they're talking about have a one would involve talking a, a similar approach to taking sorry, a similar approach to NWA, meaning world sport with low cost studio based tapings and broadcast them on free to air platform while also holding live events. Let's not forget though the ITV World of Sport show was present on uh, ITV from 1965 to 1985. Of course, 
Lee and Giant Haystacks. In November 2016, we saw the brand revive for one show. Two years later, we saw Susan feature the life of Joe Hendry, Kip Sabian, Katie Ray for turning for a series of live events in 2019. Of course, our last World of Sports champion was Justin Sizem. Uh, <laughs> he did beat, though, Rampage Brown. So, you know, I suppose a little bit of respect. Uh, but, I mean, Jaxie, would you be interested in World of Sport or anything <laughs> that's not WWE or AEW maybe go to see live in 2023? Um, probably not. But the only reason why I'm saying that is because I'm only just, like, trying to now pick up New Japan. I think that I'm at my limit at this moment in time in trying to catch up. Um, I've not even attempted to start uh, the the New Japan World uh, Tag sort of tournament that's going on because I'm still catching up with stardom so at this moment in time that's not my intention um i'm just trying to catch up with new japan <laughs> yeah well don't worry people talk about new japan we'll catch up with the tag league we'll talk tag league and uh more stuff on the wrestle kingdom show because we'll run through the schedule later on but we'll have a big wrestle kingdom review we'll look at the tag league as well uh there was some news from that you talk about stardom as well monty kari is the new Women's champion. I've not watched the match yet, so that's what we'll talk about it more. I assume you did. Uh, was it as quality? Yeah, man. It was twenty-five minutes. They they were given time, and it was just two legends doing what they do. Uh, like I said, for an extended period in the main event of that crossover show. So you had New Japan stars on that show also, and uh, Kyrie and Mayu Iwatani. Like I said, one of starters brightest and greatest of the last decade or so along with the likes of Kyrie and people like EO and uh, to watch those two like I said the fact that it was those two for that title on that platform just like I said being the special talents that they are for uh, like I said 25 minutes or at least almost 30 minutes you know almost got to the time limit there and they went right to the very end with Kyrie, of course, doing her beautiful uh, elbows. But, yeah, I definitely, once that delay is up, I definitely recommend all of you get a chance to watch the crossover show. Not only was that match a fantastic, and it was a great history-making moment to watch Kyrie saying uh, prevail as champion, but the entire show was just fun as hell with a lot of mixed tag matches and teams you would not see, people fighting each other that you would not usually see. Happening. It was just a whole lot of fun. and uh, But, yeah, you guys will get the chance to see that on New Japan World uh, after, I think, the week or so delay. I'll, have, I'll let you guys know when I find out it's uploaded. Yeah. But, we're, yeah. Like I said, we're going to talk I, about that. I watched, yeah, I just watched up to, I think it was like the Will Ospreay and Naito match. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, sort of getting to the Kyrie match. I knew the outcome anyway, but um, it's just been really interesting so far. I've really enjoyed uh, the mixed tab. We'll go into it um, more in the Wrestle Kingdom discussion, but definitely been in um, an interesting sort of like setup, different from the G1 um, because we are getting mixed tag, um, and that's something that really intrigued me, and it's it's not um disappointed me so far so we'll discuss further on wrestle kingdom though one more thing about wrestle kingdom we have to talk about is the fact kenny omega challenged will osprey for the u.s title and apparently if the rumors are true rocky romero 
Rocky Romero is said to be instrumental in getting Omega vs. Osprey put together. Yeah. And Pongi Viceman has been a huge factor in the NJPW's global expansion. He in in, with Khan. AEW, yeah. Yeah, we're in frequent contact at this point. It's a complete deal. Now, Rocky, I weren't sure about him, but I think there's another Rocky that I love because he's done an excellent job getting all this sorted <laughs> out, Len Monty, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. He's, and he's always been that guy, you know, even from, the, from them setting up the LA Dojo. And uh, all of the promotions of in New Japan Strong, a lot of that was done because of Rocky Romero being the one to go over, mediate these conversations. The, his the relationships with Jericho and Gato, a lot of times you would hear that Rocky Romero had a lot to do with getting those people in the room when Jericho was coming over to New Japan. So he's done a great job of being the guy who uh, who's helping sit the important people down to talk out these issues so they can make these mm. uh, you know wonderful moments happen. And uh, before we even talk about that deeper, New Japan has a chance if rumors are true and if Carl Anderson is in line that he that those that they may work Wrestle Kingdom also. New Japan can have AEW superstars, New Japan stardom superstars, and a WWE superstar on that card. So because hey, I think Gallows hey. will be also wrestling too. That'll be groundbreaking that's stuff to do, and another sign of just how far pro wrestling could become. If that's true, we'll and- see. We'll wait out on that. But, and Bay yeah. and Austin. Don't forget Impact, damn you. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, because cause, yes, cause they're doing great in Junior Tag League, by the way. So, yes, you may, you may have Impact guys that might also pick. there. So, Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. That's a good point. I'm sorry I slipped up there, but that's a great point. Even Impact is involved. So, it's looking wonderful right now for New Japan if those rumors wait, are true. Wait, wait, we'll wait. Sorry. Monty, Monty, help me out here. Wait. So you just said impact is still going. <laughs> James, don't, I'm going to let James get this. Oh, how yeah. dare no, you? You've you... Got, right, guys, let me explain here. Okay? No, I'm on. really confused with impact wrestling and ROH. So for me, when you mentioned um, impact wrestling just now, I was like, did that not kind of finish because they're not showing any ROH well, I, I, apart I, from Gina, Gina, just oh, listen God. to the impact shows I do by myself <laughs> yeah, on here, alright? So they do very good. As, How dare you? Guys, as a noob to other forms of wrestling other than AEW or WWE, for me, impact wrestling and ROH was the same thing. So when Monty started yeah. talking about matches happening here, I thought ROH matches are happening on AEW only. So for like, I, I this way, James, like the only reason why the only reason why she watched uh, Supercard of Honor was because I told her about it. So yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck when it comes to that's Tony Khan. That's nothing. Yeah, Impact used to be TNA. And yes, they might be bottom at this moment. Might be the Cleveland Browns of professional wrestling. They're survivors. Does, does that work? Cleveland Browns? Is that a, I don't know, Monty. Is that? Yeah. A, yeah. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Never you. won a Super Bowl. So yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> yes. Okay, boss. Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Impact on survivors. Two people that. That watch that podcast, all right? There's two people that listen to that show going, damn you, we cannot wait for your December review of Overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's that's what people are saying. Somehow Impact is surviving. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, we're alive. We're alive. They are survivors, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be huge, and we cannot wait to talk about that in the new year. And a story Jaxie broke to me uh, as well was Great Muta to team with Sting and Darby Alling in a retirement match. Don't know if we know the opponents just oh. yet. No, we don't. They're not announced yet. But as soon as I saw that come up on Twitter, I just, like, you know, I know that Sting has had a long-standing feud with the Great Muta, but to actually have him team with Darby Allen and Sting is just so exciting on so many levels. Like, you know, you've got two long-standing rivals and then you've got sort of like a con- a, a, a very popular upcoming um, hard-working young talent such as Darby Allen is just very exciting on so many levels. So, yeah, I had to definitely uh, shout and scream about my excitement for that match, for sure. I, I, I'm not sure who the opponents will be yet, but whatever, whoever the opponents will be, that match will be great. Yeah, without a shout-out of a doubt. Uh, we go to the Sublime to the Ridiculous because Tyrus is the new NWA champion. And again, Gina... NWA, Al and Jax, and Monty, anybody want to know? It's different. No, so I NWA know. is a National Wrestling Association that oh, has been around. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Back in the day. I um, actually didn't. So I'm like, what? You're talking about the rap group? Like, no, NWA. we are talking about the company that was under the umbrella. Poor Harley Race. Uh, Poor Rick Flair. Lou says he's rolling in his grave only because of the Tyrus thing. Nothing, nothing else right, right now. There's nothing. <laughs> we are, we are literally going to do like a, a catch up on pro wrestling at some point. But I don't know whether either history because I think we all need a little refresh anyway. But Tyrus, who used to be Brodus Clay, uh, beat. Trevor Murdoch. Yes, that one, if you're thinking at home. That Murdoch. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's still wrestling and looking about what you think he'd look like. Uh, yep. <laughs> Cardona. Um, Brodus Clay has apparently, or Tyrus has got a show on Fox. So Billy Corrigan, who used to be in the Smashing Pumpkins, uh, <laughs> not making this up, has gone a different direction. And thinks Tyrus is going to work. Yeah. I did watch the match. <laughs> um, it was as bad uh, as said. it was on YouTube. Oh, and it literally ended up putting hold their stuff on, on YouTube. Oh. oh, yeah, I forgot it's all free. So never mind. Yeah, yeah. no point. Good point. <laughs> Even people don't want to watch free products. Are you saying former WWE wrestler Brotus Clay? Yeah, somebody called his mom. Former WWE wrestler Matt. Matt Cordona or Zack Ryder. Yep. And yes. both play one. Yes. And what yes. title that Ric Flair used to hold. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> A lot of greats. Harley Race, Lou Fez, George Hackenschmidt, Frank A. Gotch. Going back to 1901, this lineage of title has now been given to Brodus Clay. <laughs> James, what title? The NWA <laughs> Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Wait, I it used to be the big gold belt, you know? Yeah, big gold belt. You know? <laughs> 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 for, um... A lie. 
a lie. How? No. Early 1900s, there is not wrestling happening. Frank K. Gotch beat George Hackenschmidt in 1901. Go and check it. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it. Trust me, you're fine. That's the first thing you learn. Me and Monty went to wrestling school. And the first yeah. thing you learn is about George Hackenschmidt and Frank A. Gotch. All right? And Definitely. Then it's, then it's Wilbur Schneider with the Adonimal... <laughs> you move, yep. move in time. Kind of like... Luke Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you're actually... Buddy Rogers. It's San Francisco. <laughs> this is oh why <laughs> I've got no love. This is... Right. Was known as the terrible Turk, and the fact that we cosplayed as the Turks from Final Fantasy VII a couple of weeks ago is fate. He is the yeah. terrible Turk. Yeah. Okay. This is great. Unfortunately, Sorry, James. no, it is. It's all true. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. So yeah, no, time. Also, Billy made sure to defend his his, his choice. By saying, you know, big guys, that's where the money is, right? Oh, Isn't yeah. that what he said? Something like that? You he know, said okay. women will never main event in NWA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said. seriously. This is not, he's not making that up. They don't want to. They don't want Give to. Give him Charlotte Flair's number. Give him Charlotte Flair's number. At this point. Yeah, so it's, it's not going well for Billy Corrigan at the moment. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. At least it's going better for CM Punk uh, because we look at what he's been up to in the past couple of months. Of course, we know the James. <laughs> well, we know the elite and what they think. And we'll CM Punk's got a new job, and that's providing commentary for Cage Fury Fighting Championship. Yes, the one aired UFC Fight Pass with his co-commentator. What do you think of Punk? Sounds my Wait, I mean. Punk is commentating so again I, now. Yeah. yeah, so I saw I saw a part of the commentary, right? And it, it just got awkward real quick. Like, Monty, oh, do you know? I don't even know what context it was. I'm not sure why no, I it even know. came up. But somehow <laughs> they got on press conferences and, you know, and yeah. they said they're going to make a, a wrestling league and... CM Punk, they were like, they don't want, they don't want CM Punk anywhere around that wrestling company because he's gonna yeah. tear the locker room apart. It was very sarcastic, but it you was. can see as it went on, Punk was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it was getting more awkward the more they were trying to make like light jokes of it, and I was like, yeah. kill that shit now, please, seriously. This guy's so awkward. He even joked about his injuries, like ah, my hand still kind of hurt, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. Well, that's all- that's awkward. So, like, Monty <laughs> and Jaxi, in both of your eyes right now, like, in, like, today's, as of today's day, like, how are you both feeling from the CM Punk stance? Like, what are your personal feelings on it, on everything that's happened? Well, my new updated stance is, man, I love some pettiness. And that, Chica- that match in Chicago was petty. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, I look. I, I, you can say what you want. Yes, childish, but the 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 petty man that I am appreciated every spot that Kenny never yeah. improvised or whatever mm. that they just did. That was great stuff, it, even it, if it was petty. But it was definitely weird because obviously, like uh, this time last week, we were getting, uh, you know some bad-mouthing of CM Punk from the fans. 
and then you go straight to Wednesday where it was in based in Chicago <laughs> where you actually have CM Punk fans chanting for CM Punk. So it's yeah. it's quite right. Well, you it know, just makes it very, very like for me as like a wrestling fan who is not very familiar as much as you guys are. I was very confused because for me, I was like, okay, so you had people at Full Girl chanting "fuck CM Punk," which I thought was distasteful. But then you also had people at Dynamite because we were in his hometown, obviously chanting for CM Punk. So for me, I was just like, wait, who do I do I like him? Do I not like CM Punk? It makes me as a fan <laughs> question. Do I like punk or do I not? Because loads of these fans are so contradictory with how they're feeling. One week they like him, the next they don't. And I, I don't mean, know how again, to it's just, Again, it's just, it's just bringing up the fact that, you know, one minute we're not in his hometown and then, you know, the level of dedication that, that comes with being in their hometown. So um, I definitely think the Young Bucks and Kenny sort of played it well with living up to sort of the crowd expectations as well as dealing with the crowd's heckles. Um, Personally, from my point of view, I'm still actually going to kind of stay neutral on the whole CM Punk discussion. I really don't want to, like, um, pick a side on who started what back in the media scrum. I just know that both parties were held accountable and they should be both judged accountable for it. Um, I'm not going to choose one over the other. It's really lovely to see the elite back. Um, am I gutted at the potential thought of CM Punk not returning to a wrestling ring? Yes, because uh, I don't think that he went out in in the way that any of us expected, including himself. Um, but I'm also not going to um, blame, uh, leave him blameless as to what's prob- probably led him to not returning to a wrestling ring. So it's on him if he does decide to decide to return to a wrestling ring. I'll be excited and eager to see which promotion he actually would end up in. Um, but I'm also not going to just like boo the elite in thinking that you know they were the sole reason why CM Punk is not in a ring. Like he was the one who decided to open his mouth in the first place on live television when he shouldn't have even been uh, airing his dirty laundry out on live tv you know so both parties are to blame in my eyes so let's move on from well, that. this is the thing like punk in the, the comment he made he said you don't want me in the locker room on bad news like i said the co-host chimed in said that dude will mess up your whole organization i like working here don't let him do any press conferences punk laughed of course you've mentioned what happened on dynamite and i was, I was getting a bit like pissed off by the whole thing and i think why do you elite kind of need to respond like this and then, of course, I'm thinking it's all the work because why would you keep mentioning it on TV every week? Yeah. Uh, and then I thought, you know, because you, know, you always think, wouldn't happen back in the day. Well, let's look at the man who's in charge of WWE right now uh, with a Bret Hart situation when him and Sean were basically doing what the Elite did, but probably 10 times worse every week. And when Bret did actually leave WWE and they wrestled, I think, and dressed as Brett. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's all well and good, you know, to the higher ground, but when things happen in the past. But the thing is, the similarities between Brett and Sean and this situation kind of eerie, especially when you think, you know, where uh, Punk lost the title, going away for a certain period of time, eventually coming up with that bad blood there. 
the only way they can save the elite and CM Punk if they make money out of it. If not, then it's just a complete waste of time, you know. And it's it's just not needed on television anymore. Just move on. Uh, but AEW have released Agreed. new merchandise. <laughs> they have got CM Punk free new T-shirts. Yeah, and if you want the the elite CM Punk theme shirt. I saw like Chicago. It's like you got the Chicago stars and all of it with the elite's name on it. So, yeah, it's a lot of weird stuff going on. Because, like you mentioned, I even was like, maybe this is maybe there's something to this. Maybe they they work something out. They're gonna try to make, like you said, make some money out of this. But you know, then you know you hear conflicting reports to that. So who knows? Tony is a weird animal too. Uh, like you mentioned with how Vince played that situation back in the day. But you know, Tony loves this kind of. Work shoot, you know, poking at real life type of stuff. So it's like, you know, it really makes you wonder, like, what's really going on. So we just have to wait it out. Yeah, uh, we will. But uh, obviously, we're talking about WWE, of course, because it is Survivor Series War Games tonight in a couple hours' time. Uh, so we're going to look at Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we've only got three Raws to look at with SmackDown. So we start November 7th. We've just got notes. We're not going to go through, in, through into it. And me and Yim joining uh the oc monty what i asked you about me yim yeah it's great but i thought blair davenport might be a better fit but is that just because i'm biased because of nxt uk <laughs> well i think i think you just miss her because i don't think i think she's been missing <laughs> for a long time like no i understand what you're saying uh but yeah i haven't seen her she's been out of sight out of mind so i can't wait to see where she uh Pops up again. Maybe it will be on the main roster, but uh, obviously they they thought Yim would be a better fit here. I'm not necessarily sure why. I think I even mentioned that the only thing I can see him thinking about it when they pitched it was that, oh, she is the HBIC and this is the OC. So (laughs) there you go. So I don't necessarily know what (laughs) common ground they have, really. Uh, or maybe like an impact issue? Do they all have impact? No, I think they have either. Not that it matters. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go away from that, that subject. But yeah, uh, so I don't know, honestly, but it is. it was great and awesome to see her back because I think since we all know that they fumbled the way they presented her as, you know, in her original main roster call-up reckoning or whatever it was, so... It's just great that she is getting another shot at actually just being more like what we come to know from Mia Yim or, you know, Meechin or whatever she has going on now. It's back to so, Mia yeah. Yim now. Yeah. <laughs> it's back to Mia Yim. Yeah, they they scratched the idea fast. Good job. I need, Good job. Mia, I need Mia Yim's, like, original music back from, like, NXT. You know, NXT, the, the original yeah. HBIC. Like, I need that music back because that music hit hard for me. So, if oh, we all get the Mia Yim back, like... Give us the HIBC. Do you know what I mean? Even her, even her impact theme and entrance is better than what she's got now. You know, yeah. so um, yeah. a bit of a shame. So but... generic. A lot of these new new songs yeah. are very generic. Yeah. It's kind of the same how I feel with Shayna Baszler. Give us her her original music back because that was so much more badass than the shit we got now. Well, we had women's war game announced, and of course, war games. Does anybody even know? Like we talk about very NXT concept. And so much so that I kind of look at War Games as the Undisputed Eras. Remember them? Uh, remember when they could wrestle? I mean, it started last year, was it? It's like everything was fine. <laughs> and they've just right. gone away. The Undisputed Era competed in four of the five War Games matches. 
And of course, the only member under contract, Roderick Strong. Other NXT War Games participants gone from WWE include, take a deep breath, uh, Authors of Pain, Sanity, Keith Lee, Only Lorcan, Danny Birch, Tegan Knox, Tony St- and Ember Moon. But like I said, when War Games works, I hope they do EO spot on top of the cage tonight. You you will hear me cheer because my favourite War Games moment ever is EOSI with a trash can on top of the cage, the little look on her face before she put it on and then dived from the top. It's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen. And let's not forget Chumper and Adam Cole uh, off the top as well. But like I said, War Games has been a success. Just give me a whole like little section of EO versus Oscar, and I wouldn't even mind her like hitting that moment with Oscar. But just give me that because that's going to be the highlight for me. I think that highlight moment of seeing those two go off in one, especially that little Japanese one on off, one on one off spat they had. That was hilarious. Give me more of that, please. Without a shadow of doubt, but it's good that War Games is going to happen elsewhere on Raw. Nikki's the new twenty four seven champ. But throw it in the bin. We'll try to. Uh, but the big story was uh, that Seth Rollins uh, was back out for the main event, which was an open challenge for the United States title. Bobby Lashley ended up taking out Mustafa Ali backstage and accept the challenge himself. Uh, he beat Rollins around the ringside area, slamming into barricade. The vision he was able to get a few shots, but the almighty beat him down. Lashley was told to leave. This is when Austin Theory came out with the money in the bank briefcase. He officially cashed in. Uh, Rollins kicked out his first couple of pin attempts. Theory hit his finisher, but Lashley pulled the ref out. Uh, he attacked Theory and destroyed him before leaving through the crowd. Theory was almost counted out before Rollins nailed him with a stomp for the win. But don't worry, Theory did beat Benjamin earlier. This was actually crazy to watch. And when we were watching it, didn't make uh, any sense for me. The thing successful. It's a tag that sometimes you can't shake off. Just ask Damien Sandow. Um, this again, it's changed maybe in recent weeks, but I think it's one of the silliest things cashing in on the US title. Monty has the explanation since then. Helped this or not? Because he could have just kept the briefcase and been more angry. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, but honestly, right after that, I understood everyone was going to be frustrated, and it made sense because, again, we've never seen that happen. Even though I recall, I do know that that is a part of the rule. It is every championship that you want, but everyone knows it's like, why would you go for that one? It's, it's always going to be the logic because we have it's been unprecedented in history what belt you you do that for, and he's already failed. Uh, to try that in, in, in the past. So he knows that. We know he knows that too. The thing is about that is I pretty much had rationalized it the day after. Like, they really just knew that it wouldn't make any they, – they really did not think it was any way possible that it would make sense for him to ever catch Roman Reigns slipping. You know, he had, he has a whole – and he even explained that later, which we, like you said, to get into, which I guess kind of helped it. It may not justify it to some. Like I said, I understand what you guys are saying. It does feel like a waste when you do it like that. In that, and especially the way it was done, so convoluted. And like I said, it's just it didn't make sense. Especially when he was giving out an open challenge for that title. That's what I had more of a problem with. It was the, the problem was that it was an open challenge. If you would have just came out there after Bobby, you probably could have just started a regular impromptu match anyway. 
without cashing it in. I guess because technically he did say this is an open challenge. Or you know, you, or if you just would have beat Bobby out there, you could have did this and still got this 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 storyline started, like you said. And theory could still have his briefcase. So I get that and I understand that, but I I did rationalize it kind of similar to how he mentioned it to where he was like. There's no way I'm going to catch Roman flipping. If it's not going to be some special guy stopping me like Lesnar or Theory, I mean Lesnar or Theory, I guess in this case, uh, it would be uh, someone from the bloodline. That was his rationalization. So he's like, what's the next big thing? They have been building up the United States title this entire time, trying to make it seem like it's just as important as Roman's belt, even though we all know the, the truth of the, of the matter. So again, I can rationalize and understand it from that point of view, especially in hindsight, it does feel a lot better now. But, yeah, at the time, I was just like you guys. Like, why would you go and do it in that way then? So, yeah, I understand both sides of it. But that's that's my take on it. Jackson, do you think Fury was buried and can he be saved? No, I think um, especially with this uh, recent sort of character change that we've seen in him since the loss, I think there's potential in terms of saving him and saving the character that he is. It's going to be it's going to be difficult. It'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, with Fury, like I said, yeah, he's got the definitely. But I mean, I, I'm definitely he's more. He's very young, though. Yeah. Remember yeah. that he has time. Oh, definitely. Do, do I think he's going to get pushed straight into like the sort of like world title picture? No, I do do not. But in terms of like this new character that. Uh, he's portraying right now this change is intrigued me enough to actually you know contemplate the outcome of this triple threat that we're going into tonight you know like mm-hmm. there, there's potential for the seriousness that I've seen in the change in his character that's all I'm saying we'll move on to the Smackdown November 11th we started with the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match the New Day versus the Usos of course this uh, was 483 days New Day reign versus 481 New uh, Days encounter for Usos. So the Usos win this, become the longest reigning champion in history. And they did, not after a couple of choice near falls, the midnight hour had me off my seat. Uh, and we see uh, the finish with Kingston getting hit with a 1D off the ropes for the successful title defense. defense. History is made. This was fantastic. Gene, what did you think of the match? And was this the right decision? Because the New Day, when they had their reign, was much more difficult times, I would say, for tag teams. I mean, I saw this coming. It wasn't a shock for me to see the Usos get this win over New Day. It was disappointing, for sure. I mean, we've always had that in the back of of, of our minds, that the New Day were the reigning champs for so long and when you saw the stats for Roman come up you definitely when I say you I just mean you as a general audience member when you see those stats for Roman and the fact that he surpassed almost every world champion out there with how long he's held that belt you kind of had to have some sort of inkling in the back of your mind that Usos are definitely going to pass the new day in terms of holding these tag belts for so long I am very biased because I love the New Day, uh, the Uso, sorry. But the New Day are so good. And it was really, really bittersweet to see them lose that stat to the Usos. So as much as I agree with it, because um, the Usos are a fucking amazing team. They are so good. And every match they've had with any tag team, 
let alone all of the matches they've had with New Day, it's been amazing. They've never had a bad match, you know, against them. So it didn't mm-hmm. surprise me that they won this, but I also still had a little part in my heart that was like, I feel for New Day because I was so excited that they had that stat behind them and now it's been just erased by the, the Usos, you know? Yeah. Well, so, there's no doubt. Like, it's, it's a little bittersweet, yeah. No doubt, like I said, the New Day and Usos rivalry and the matches they've delivered are just kind of phenomenal. Even going back to, you know, the mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell matches, and a fuse throughout, and they have made each other. And this is why, you know, right. this is with wrestling, and people forget this. It's all right, well and good being the biggest star out there, but if you've got no one to face, you know, then right. there is a problem. We talked this with Roman Reigns, and the thing with New Day and the Usos are one and two, pushing themselves up, uh, and and it's proven here on SmackDown. But again, I was just a little bit disappointed because the thing is, Usos could have like lost the titles. And then won it back and then built it up again because we don't know when they're going to lose it. But with the New Day <laughs> during that time, especially with Vince and you know, all the things the New Day had to overcome, to have that reign yep. is something that we won't see again. I know we're seeing it now, but not in this way. Because like I said, this is a bigger bloodline storyline, so to speak. I thought it was fitting, though, because like you mentioned, those two teams will be giving each other's Hall of Fame speech, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that's that's why I think if it if it is, if it was gonna happen, I'm I'm cool that it was the Uso, because like we mentioned, they've been one and two, you know, give or take, for most of the 2010s at, at, at this point. So all the way now into 2022, now to have that reign broken by them, someone I know they respect and are really close friends with, I do like that that it happened in that way, and it was against them. They got to make a story out of it again, so. You know, uh, that rivalry is going to continue to go on. That's that's one of those great tag team rivalries that they they can find a way in like three, four months from now and they can just run it right back and no one will complain because we know, like you guys mentioned, the New Day and the Usos don't miss. No. Well, shadow of a doubt. Well, we get the World Cup kicked off as Shinsuke fucking Nakamura lost to the Gala Del Santos leader, Santos Eskimo. Not sure what world was just as Pee Wee Herman. And the World Cup is exclusive on Fox, just like the soccer. Um, L.A. Knight was in the backstage interview. He was interrupted by Bray Wyatt video bumpers. Then the man himself. Attention to actually between two gave way to Bray rocking him with a headbutt. I didn't know I needed this, but we're getting to it a little, uh, next week. Shotzi, Rodriguez, uh, Morgan, DeVille, Zilli, Lacey Evans clashed in a six-pack challenge. Uh, Shotzi delivered Never Sleep Again for winning pinfall and Evans. Baz put Shotzi sleep after. Uh, a little complaint about this. SmackDown, for some reason, has just had these multi-win matches decide number one contender, and it doesn't build anything. You know, I think even with do predictions nope. a bit, we look at the card. Shotzi, oh, you won this match? No fucking chance. Much like whoever <laughs> was before that. <laughs> right. Smackdown, yeah. I, I like really does need to kind of have a take a step back right now and actually look at the Smackdown women's division. And this is excluding the likes of what they're doing with Ronda and Shayna at the moment, because that's probably the only lively bit that's really happening. You you had the former Liv Morgan who um who was the former women's champion, um, sort of like lying in the background after like her initial defeat, which 
it is a little bit odd because you you kind of want to continue like having the former women's champions sort of in a dominating factor, even if it is outside of like the fighting champion at the moment. Um, so she's kind of just faded into the background. Like we all know that Vince did a shit job with uh, Zia Lee in the first place, but I don't know what the fuck's happened to her. You got Natalia who like was coming across dominant, but then actually not because all of a sudden Shayna turned on her and then she was irrelevant again. Lacey Evans, I don't know. She's she's like a Charlotte Flair, Big Show type where you don't know if she's supposed to be heel or face because they keep on changing her every two seconds. Like, Sonya Deville had this sort of power authority until all of a sudden she didn't and became irrelevant again. Like, what are you doing with your women's division right now, SmackDown? Seriously, like... The, the the only women that actually seem relevant are the ones that are all on Raw and they're all involved in the war games. So what are you doing with your SmackDown division right now? Because outside of Shayna and Ronda, who are murking everyone on the SmackDown in the SmackDown division right now, what the fuck have you got going for yourself? I mean, you're up and down with even Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. You've just put her, her on the injury hit list. So what are you doing? Run yeah. over. Sorry. Well, no, it's the same. It's like having Emma return, you know, facing Ronda. Yeah, exactly. Like, tell me I'm wrong in terms of, like, the division uh, of women on the SmackDown roster compared to the likes of the women in the division of uh, women on the Raw roster right now are irrelevant. You know, like there, there's no one standing out that we actually could physically. And we know, like, obviously coming Back to like this week's SmackDown, we've seen the return of Becky Lynch. But outside of that, who outside of the War Games, uh, you know, uh, women at the moment is is actually relevant enough to be actually a decent factor? Yeah, like but, seriously. Yeah, it's true. We're going to see that problem as we head to Survivor Series. We've got the SmackDown World Cup match: Braun Strowman destroyed Jinder Mahal. And when the advertised match between B-Fab and Selena Vega as part of the feud with Hit Row and Legado never got started as the Viking Raiders made a return, flanked by Sarah Logan, now known as Valhalla. Well, I was going to say, guys, was that announced just this oh, week? I or should that. I have known yes. it? Because no, 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 no. I was laughing when I Ragnar Lofbrook. Wait, what's going on with Valhalla? What? Why are we calling her Valhalla? I just Wait, was so I, lost. Can I actually just like say, so Michael Cole, I, th- I think it was Michael Cole was the one to bring this up and was like, the former Sarah Logan has said that now that she's been renamed by the gods Valhalla, like, listen, right? There was, as far as my history context goes and you know i've done a little bit of research um and studied a bit of his history in terms of the viking lore because of i i do enjoy it uh valhalla is the name of where the souls of old vikings uh soldiers go you know in order to prepare for for ragnarok which is like they're like an overall war where did he go? Like Michael Cole just kind of went off, like talking about, you know, like Valhalla being named a goddess. There's no Viking lore that names Valhalla as a goddess. So I was just really thrown back right, right there and then. I was like, what? And yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure where they're going with this whole Viking 
Raiders <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm really skeptical. <laughs> I never thought I'd get discussion, but what I understood was like she was like a conduit or whatever it was. So Valhalla would hear the voices or the gods who are telling her how to do the bidding, and she was the only one that could hear them and be the voice, thus giving it to the Viking Raiders to then go about their business of what she's been told. But <laughs> again, I have been watching a bit too long. Yeah. <laughs> what a deep, what a deep explanation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the I'm Lord. Just not sure at this point. I apologize for anybody. <laughs> just let War Machine beat the hell out of people, please. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my <laughs> okay, point. <thank> <laughs> A deep dive into it, but um, and then we see the Brawn and Brutes, Butch Ridge, Holland interrupt the bloodline. Seamus returning and Drew McIntyre following suit as they battled uh, the Hill faction to close out the show. I was happy Drew got a got a great pop, even though he's been a fucking loser these past couple of months. Uh, and I'm, I'm his biggest fan, as no doubt. Raw November fourteenth. Ali showed guts, but no brains versus Bobby. Mia Yim won her first match back versus Tamina. Like I said, her entrance was better in impact. She later joined Bianca's team. Gable won his first match, I think in about four years, beating Matt Riddle. They're burying Matt. <laughs> I think that's what people will be saying. Uh, right. <laughs> Not building Gable. No, 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 no. (laughs) Barrying Matt. Miz apologised and got good heat from it. Theory explained that Reigns always had the bloodline. Now, Monty, I know you mentioned this as well. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind, right? I wouldn't mind. Right. No, go ahead. I already know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Well, you know know what (laughs) I'm like. The Halloween episode of Monday Night Raw, which, you know, was a couple of weeks previously... Roman Reigns coming out with Paul Heyman. Just the two of them. <laughs> there were no Usos, no Solo, no Lashley, no Rollins, no anybody. So the question is, was Fury scared of what Paul Heyman could do? With Heyman? <laughs> is he going, yeah. man, no, I can't cash in. You've got Heyman. <laughs> take, we mentioned earlier, take your shot, Fury. Jaxie took a shot. Right, just take your shot when you got the chance. Beat up Paul Heyman and then try for Roman. Uh, he beat up Ziggler instead, but wasn't finished. Uh, and he attacked <laughs> Seth Rollins after uh, after Seth had defended the main event versus Finn Balor. Uh, so interesting enough, what I come along around this time as well. November eighteenth, twenty twelve, was the Shield debut, and in that same week, ten years later, Seth had the top. Raw, Mox was the face and had the top title on AEW, and Roman Reigns is basically God. Uh, Ten years since, I cannot believe (laughs) that's how old I am, that the Shield. I remember being a fresh-faced young man watching, who are these three young chaps? Well, actually, I knew because I'd been watching NXT at the time, but who would have thought, uh, Monty, how much the Shield would have changed professional wrestling, considering this month go to debut and they really fucking did i know a lot of people say that but they actually did i vividly remember people telling me like this ambrose guy oh, he won't be around long he ain't nothing <laughs> like they, they you could they was like ah self he might be special roman we know yeah everyone knew roman was gonna be a stick around but it's so funny to me that every, at the beginning how many people doubted how good ambrose would be and now you see like you said moxley 
his name is just as big as any of their names in WWE, in wrestling. So it's just it's crazy to think about that. But yeah, how far they have come since those classic, you know, six man matches back in the day, or even when their debut didn't their debut involve The Rock? That should let you know right there. <laughs> it's been a while. No, well, it actually features you right back. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Punk like, was still there too, though. That's my point. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's just been a while. That's my point. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just awesome to see where they are now, though, man. Who would have thought that they would be on top of the world to this extent? Like I said, maybe at that time you could see Roman still being there, but to think the entire faction would be on top of the world like that—it's amazing to think about. It's great. I mean, Jaxie, like we said, the, and the progression of them as well. Like we told me, you know, we knew with Mox and Seth, but no one predicted what Reigns would be now. And I don't care what anybody says. Like no one could. I mean, like you know, not to this level. Well, I think it, it didn't really help with sort of like the factor of WWE slash Vince just kind of like forcing Roman on the fans when they weren't sort of ready for his reign, so to speak. You know. But, like, with what they've done with him since his return, everything's been great. And he's actually solidified it for himself. He's inserted himself into the fans in a way that, like, it's made it possible for people to love, hate him, you know, in in this heel role that he has. But also in a dominating factor where people aren't mad that he is the champion. Mm. So he's he's done himself well in this sort of moment and this era. Um, It's been very exciting and I think they've gotten it to a point where we are ready to see him dethroned but it's making sure they've got the right person to dethrone him of one of the titles so far you know yeah I mean again Gene I'll get your thoughts in a second but I've just had a fucking great idea (laughs) like what about right I know Mox has got his contract in AEW but just pretend well, we've got the bloodline at the moment. Reigns is the big hill he is. He's going to lose it at some point. He's going to have a monster face run as well. But imagine Solo and the Usos turning on Reigns and him needing two partners and you've got a Shield reunion versus the new bloodline. It's just, that's just money. That's just money. That's just like getting my hopes up for no goddamn reason right here because if that never actually happens now, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> Gina, what about you? What are your thoughts on the show? Because they, like I said, they have changed everything in wrestling. I mean, they have, but I don't see Mox going back to WWE at all. I really don't. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's a nice idea, but I don't think it'll happen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but what about the Shield in general? Because they are. I mean, for for they were together for maybe two years, you know, if that, uh, with original run, and one of the greatest groups. Of I all absolutely time. loved them when yeah. they were when they had that original run and when they first came in. Like I still remember the um, like first. I think was it. I can't remember whether it was Raw or SmackDown. Um, that the Shield first like officially came into it up from an XT and. For me, I had no idea who The Shield was because I've never watched, I, I hadn't watched NXT. So I wasn't familiar with who's on top right now. So I wasn't aware of who The Shield was. So when they turned up, I generally was like, these guys are forced to be reckoned with. Like, they've just cu- clearly come in, dominated, and then just showed you who to be worried about. And I'm feeling worried about them now. 
So I loved the show when they first came in. I absolutely hated it when they decided to do, I think it was like a um, Seth Rollins working with like, you know, the McMahons or, or Triple H. I really can't remember like the storyline, but I'm sure like it was pretty much along the lines of Seth Rollins kissing ass and them saying, yeah, we'll give you the belt if you kind of do what we asked you to do. Yeah. And I think that's where they ruined the shield. I think they should have just kept the shield going as they were. They came in and they were dealing their own justice. And but for me, I think they should have just continued with that. Yeah, like I said, it was a chair shot of her around the world, wasn't it? It was Shield versus Evolution, the feud. And uh, because Batista had left, Triple H come up with Plan B, and that was Rollins, that was bullshit. Rollins turning on the Shield, eventually getting the money back. But this is the beauty of it, because even uh-huh. with the Shield, there was never a leader in the group as themselves. And even got to talk about Dean Ambrose was it was Seth that was going to have the hill run with Reigns to face, and Ambrose was so strong in those years in WWE. I mean, I know John Moxley now is awesome, but Dean Ambrose, still a former WWE champion. Face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He did more than WWE ever thought of he was mm-hmm. going to do. And now look at Seth, the yeah. way he is with the kind of... We always knew he had the wrestling talent, but this character now is kind of... Like we said, I think, Jackson, you mentioned it. If, if Seth Rollins was WWE champion now, would be set because we've got... Yeah, we've got Reigns. He can carry on what he's doing. And we've mm-hmm. got this Seth Rollins until Cody returns at the kind of rumble if he does. And we've got another WrestleMania main event as well. Like that, that's the only negative I mean, exactly. thing. Imagine if you actually have both belts on Seth and uh, Roman right yeah. now. Imagine sort of the war games that we would have gotten if we had both Seth and uh, Roman on separate teams, like capting it. So you're, there's always going to be that sort of what if, um, you know, in terms of John Moxley returning. Would I love it if they actually managed to somehow get him to like return even for just a one-off show? Yes, I would love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? No. No, but like I said, we've always got those matches with the Wyatts. I mean, some, go, go back yeah. and watch Elimination Chamber 2014. Like that. Yeah. No matter how many fans wanted to like either love them or hate them, the Shield were actually a formidable team. And they really did set a sort of like pace and a structure for how solidified teams really will be taken seriously within wrestling. Right, we'll move on. November 18th, SmackDown. Brute start the show. Sheamus tells us what Drew really means to him. And after these guys have been feuding for years, it's actually nice that they can be... Because we know, like, Drew's Sheamus' best man at the wedding, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So now we're actually seeing true emotion. Uh, SmackDown World Cup quarterfinal. Rick Shea beat Mustafa Ali. Do you know what? I actually loved the story of the match. Karos beat Madcap Moss. That rhymed. Just going to Emma... say that match was great. I have to just give a shout out. That match was great. And they don't get enough, um, you know, recognition for the simple matches they put on. Yeah, so these, these I enjoyed that These flippy floppy guys aren't too bad. Yeah, they're not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emma checked on Moss after he lost to Cross. Bray Wyatt made his way to the ring. And that's about the personal journey being a better man. L.A. Knight interrupted his in-ring promo and claimed to accept Wyatt's apology before smacking him. Now we're even. Apology accepted. I can go my way nice. and go yours, Knight said. After slapping the face, the decision you're about to make right now is going to change the rest of your life, said Wyatt. Knight, like you said, Monty, 
Slapped him again, man. His uncle had a personal flash on the screen behind as Knight went away. But LA Knight, we fucking loved LA Knight in, in NXT. And he put with Bray Wyatt yeah. and it's like, it's this money. Because LA Knight's a cunt. <laughs> right. He's just the right amount of asshole to bring the monster out of him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think about it. Like, when I first saw it happening, you didn't think that it would work so smooth. But, of course, like, with the mic skills that he has, he's doing a great job of playing his role in this in this story. And, like, I'm almost just waiting every week to see what happens next when it comes to them two. Just because of that. But yeah. yeah, he knocked it. He's knocking it out of the park, antagonizing one. Yeah. I must admit that, like, you know, it took me watching this week's SmackDown to really kind of understand what's kind of going on between the LA Knight and Bray Wyatt story. But yeah, it takes a certain level of asshole to actually bring out the worst in people. And I think <laughs> LA Knight going back to that is really going to draw something out of Bray. Um, I'm I'm like, I'm actually invested in this now more than I was this time last week. So yeah, bring it on. You're right. Uh, LA Knight was found destroyed. Shotzi beat Baszler. Braun Strowman, the New Day beat Imperium. Apparently Gunther is scared of Braun. Fuck you, WWE. Fuck yeah, you, How you Triple like that? Flat what out the running fuck? from bro. <laughs> what the fuck? He ran from that man. <laughs> never seen Walter or never seen Gunther take a step back from anyone, but he's oh, running oh, from Strowman, my guy. Oh, 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 oh. oh well, hopefully the end game is like say Gunther or Walter retaining. But at this moment, oh boy. Uh World Cup quarter final, Butch versus Sami Zayn. Distraction caused by Joe So we're brought with Seamus Lau Butch to catch Zane with a bitter end and score the win. I can't remember the last time I saw bitter end. <laughs> like, just a normal Pete Dunn match and thinking, yeah, that got the job done. After the match, Reigns made it. Oh, by the present. way, you were right. You told, you warned me he got Butch over. And you're fucking right about, <laughs> about Pete Dunn. <laughs> you warned me when it started. He's, like, he's going to get it over. And he did. Yeah, Pete, Pete is an, see him every week on SmackDown is a pleasure to think how hard he actually is working. Uh, we see Roman Reigns made his present felt. Anthony Arena laying waste to everybody, including the Brutes and McIntyre. Then came the reveal the fifth member of the Babyface Demon Survivor Series. Who was going to be? None other than Kevin Owens, who entered to a main-level pop. How he does it is unbelievable. We'll speak about that in a minute. He uncorked a series of super kicks and left Reigns reeling with a stunner to end the show. The storytelling in this segment with Owens coming back, uh, with Sami Zayn, with everything involved, and Owens having that connection with the fans, much like, I would say, Eddie Kingston. You know, there is something about him that just make people fall in love. I don't know if it's an everyday man, but that response from a guy who has lost probably more than he's won this past couple of years, just is testament to the character. I mean, Jaxie, Kevin Owens... Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Um, Kevin Owens very much is the sort of like WWE's version of like Eddie Kingston in terms of regardless as to whether or not he's won or lost, he's loved by the fans. Um, It was definitely a feel good moment having him come back and hearing his music, um, having him come back and just wreak havoc. You know, just sort of give that uh, doubt to Roman. I'm all here for, you know, Kevin Owens sort of, like, being put over against Roman and stuff. But, 
like I think there's a bitter bitter taste in my mouth since their last sort of match when it was like they'll during the pandemic era and they had that awful match where he was like handcuffed and the ref and Paul Heyman struggled for so long with the key. So do I need a Roman and KO feud again? I'm not too sure if I need that. Um, but if I, if I think about like a tag team feud, like KO and Sami Zayn against the Usos, I'm all here for it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what worried me because of Raw on November 21st, Owens gave a promo, said he's after Reigns. But like I said, Jaxie, we gave <laughs> Owens the Johnny Gagano award for most punishment taken in a series of matches because yeah. Owens just kept getting destroyed yeah. by Roman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thinking exactly. Of children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Vince's Kevin, though. <laughs> no, but that was Triple H's so, Kevin it, it, is a little bit different. I will say yeah. that, depending... If if it goes that way, let, but I I don't know. I'm with you guys uh, about that. But I do like the fact the fact that they have history, like you mentioned, James, is the beautiful part of it. Because like you said, it's not it's not just the association with Sami Zayn. He has a, a legitimate mm-hmm. grudge with Roman because before they were even really the bloodline, he was getting screwed yeah. by Roman. Exactly. Before he was like gone, he was, he was getting... getting screwed by Roman. So. Yeah, he was still getting screwed, and it was only Roman and Paul Heyman then. Like now, it's Roman Jay, and like, yeah, the Jay whole started family. fucking around. Yeah, just Jay. It was just Jay. Now it's the whole yeah. family. Exactly, it's the whole fucking bloodline now. So, like, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't blame KO for like wanting in on this team. That it's so understandable, and it makes sense for him to join the War Games team. Um, but like I said, I would be more behind having KO and Sammy go for the undisputed titles. Like, have Sammy sort of like. Start sowing the seeds now of whether or not Sammy's gonna actually make that turn, you know? Um, like if if he's gonna do that with anyone, it's gonna be with KO. So I wouldn't mind like a Uso feud. Yeah, I mean that's again, don't wanna give any my year end predictions for next year. But <laughs> that's a WrestleMania match I would be happy to see. I mean, yeah. That that could that's definitely a high potential in terms of like how much they're setting the seeds like with this whole grudge with Jay and Sammy and stuff to have Sammy then maybe like uh, go back to like KO um, and eventually like become a formidable tag team again to actually rival Jay and Jimmy it's going to be harder for Sammy to sort of uh, accept the fact that he's on opposing sides with Jimmy more than it is going to be with him accepting the fact that he's on opposing sides with Jay you know so there's going to be some Great storytelling either way when this feud, uh, when this feud eventually kicks off. I would just prefer it to be like a a tag team with Sammy and Kevin. I think that would work better than like either Sammy on his own sort of like going against the bloodline or KO on his own going against the bloodline, you know? It makes more sense for them both to be taking on the bloodline. Yeah, well, like I said, I think tonight, the predictions, everything like that could be, like I said, a pivotal... Uh, thing to happen in the feud with Sami Zayn and you know if Sami Zayn was to lose tonight then the bloodline could hold him accountable uh obviously the payoff probably wouldn't be to the rumble uh at that point you know where it will be Zayn either getting taken out or kind of helping KO and then building towards Mania there in the perfect world and what we see at the rumble as well it's gonna be interesting because the bloodline could win tonight and we still get all these matches anyway. <laughs> That's what we've seen. Just go back to WrestleMania Backlash, mm-hmm. where everybody went against the Bloodline, and the Bloodline still won. We still got 
Uh, like we said, uh, Drew versus uh, Reigns eventually, but you know, and RK Bro versus the Usos. But it's it's weird how it works. Brutes and Drew arrived on Raw through the crowd, a la Shield, a la Shield, and this led to Brutes beating Judgment Day. Omos beat Johnny Gagano. It was all Miz's fault, but Gagano, you can tell how Omos's like booking is going when you think like untouchable monster. And then Johnny Gagano getting a lot of offense. And you're thinking, it's not long until your main event losing to Mustafa Ali. Like, is that, it's like six months in between it. I may be wrong. Uh, Seth Rollins and Fury gave separate promos with the former Mr. Money in the Bank beating Mustafa Ali. But who doesn't? Bobby Lashley came down and beat the shit out of Ali because, well, who doesn't? Mustafa Ali is leading candidate for the Johnny this year. Uh, Alpha Academy lost to Definitely. <laughs> yeah, a Just in the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's, just he's just been a punching bag for anyone, really, hasn't he? <laughs> we see Alpha Academy lost to Elias and Matt Riddle. They're burying Alpha Academy. Uh, McIntyre beat Corbin. This was a Wrestle rematch, WrestleMania rematch, boys and girls. Did they... <laughs> anybody else watching this going, yeah, this is at WrestleMania. Oh, thank you, I, Triple H, for taking this hour out of the ninja guard. I just wanted to say that. Oh my god! Uh, I, I I honestly Finally. don't know what happened here. Like I was not really interested in this match at all, and I didn't understand why it was actually being put on this card on this match card. Can I just say though, and I know Monty just mentioned it, if Tazara was in Drew's corner at the Clash, it could have been a completely different result. <laughs> yes. Yes, he would have been the difference. He really (laughs) could have made the difference there. (laughs) I mean, you know, we we never know now. We never know. And in the main event, Ray Ripley beat Oscar. uh, And the winning side got the advantage, of course, during war games. Hill should normally win. Uh, Bianca announced the fifth member. Well, she didn't because Raw doesn't matter as much as SmackDown. So we waited till SmackDown to announce it, uh, which was November 25th. Happy Thanksgiving, Monty. We don't really do Thanksgiving Gracias. here, um, but I'm sure it's yeah. very important. Yeah, a lot of eating, a lot of, you know, whatever. I'm not, I was into it when I was younger. I was just, this is an excuse to get drunk now, I guess. <laughs> it's, isn't it all? <laughs> right. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, we're celebrating today as well. Uh, but we got <laughs> we got damage controls. Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eo Sky joined by Ray Ripley and Nikki Cross. Uh, they were annoyed to have to travel on Thanksgiving. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, and Oscar erupted for revealing as their fifth member of the team, Becky Lynch. The crowd erupted for the former women's champion of Flat Bailey with a Bexploder and did not flinch from staring down Ray Ripley. The hills bowed, the baby faces are tall. And the segment wraps up in short order. Becky is the biggest star in this division. It showed it here. And a great way to start. I mean, this is over in like seven minutes. I was like, this is great. Smackdown, <laughs> Smackdown rolls on. Really? <laughs> really? I just thought, right, there was no other creative way to bring Becky back apart from just Bianca saying one or two words and then Becky's music hitting and she taking her sweet-ass time like 
I just felt like there was like a greater way for her return to have happened on SmackDown that night, you know? Yeah, it could have happened on Raw, where her show actually is. Yeah, like, like, there was nothing special about her, like her entrance or coming back and stuff. She was just introduced. So why couldn't you have done that on Monday, where we, so yeah. say, have three hours, where Raw isn't actually three hours. It's only two hours, five minutes when you're actually watching it back. <laughs> yeah, true. And the rest of it is all fucking adverts. So, like, what are you doing on, on Raw? Just bring her back on Raw then. Like, yeah. there was no need for this build-up. No, I didn't mind nothing, it, though, because the thing is you couldn't do it. But nothing happened, and you expect that, considering they, they decided, you know what, we're going to make you wait a whole four and a half days to figure out who our partner is, when you could have just easily revealed that via the microphone and a screen pick. Because nothing actually happened from her returning. The like, issue with this, you know? though, is that they could have had the, you know, they could have been like to the, you know, the, the team that wins the match wins the advantage. But of course, the face is going to lose, so you can't have Becky Lynch being the fifth opponent there and losing. And of course, on Saturday, you can't announce her because then you'll see her awkwardly standing in the cage for 25 minutes before they yeah, go yeah, behind exactly. the curtain. They go, you'll never guess. <laughs> you know what? They, they, they really could have just ended with the whole women's segment on SmackDown, uh, like as sort of like the ending, and then actually have an all-out war happening in either backstage, in the middle of the ring, between all the women, before Bianca can even air who it is that is joining them, and then Becky Lynch's music hits, and then Becky comes running out and brucks everybody up. That would have been... 10 times more impactful than just at the very beginning of SmackDown getting it over and done with because that's how it felt. Yeah, like, without doubt. Don't get me wrong, yeah. her impact was still meaningful. Like, you had a lit crowd that were cheering from her right from the very start. So I'm not just condoning that. I'm just saying she could have had a, even more of an impact if it was booked differently. Yeah, without a doubt. But like I said, the main event slot was, like I said, for the bloodline. So there's no really other way... Uh, around it, which is a bit of a shame, but like I said, it Even still should be there either, so a good match. How much did it actually do? Yeah, well, Roman wasn't like I said, because I thought it was quite important, but the SmackDown World Cup semi-final, Butch versus Santos, and like we mentioned earlier, England fucked it yet again, because the bloodline attack on McIntyre backstage drew the attention of Sheamus and Ridge, uh, and while DeTore and Selena all insert themselves in the match find a distraction, Esquire capitalised and delivered the Phantom Driver for the win. And I tell you what, it's nice to see Santos get the win. Wade was not happy about England. But, Monty, are they treating Santos, Escobar, a little bit better than maybe we thought they would? <laughs> would that be fair? I think so. I think this tournament itself and its showcasing of him has been, and Legato for that matter, because... Let's just be honest. So far in every match, they've had something to do uh, with him uh, winning. So uh, I do think this has been very positive for him as far as, like, establishing that singles run. You know, it's kind of similar to, like, how we got a chance to see him really growing and coming to his own as Cruiserweight champion. Uh, I think this is a great way of just starting to introduce the way Santos works. And uh, I think I think both matches as he continued to go on in this cup just ended up uh, improving, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens in the final. Yeah, that, that. well, we get a Bray Wyatt promo. Wyatt claimed he was not the man who attacked Knight and denounced the fans desire to see the monstrous side of him. He said, "I like to think I have a good grip on what people think I am." And I think the Bray is so interested. Like, what do you mean by that? 
Come one, come all. Come see the human tornado destroy everything around him. And that's all good. But that's not the man I want to be anymore. Why it said violence is the only language I've ever shown you that I could speak. We get another video package from Archie Howdy. This time from what calling White a liar. Warning fans not to throw their trust behind him. Never forget a snake in the cage is to the snake. Uncle Howdy said. LA's response. The human trash bag gets to vomit his lies to the entire world. Um, Gina, this is good. <laughs> but I'm a little bit disappointed that we're not seeing Bray versus LA Knight at Survivor Series. But then again, with such a big break between Survivor Series and the Rumble, you're going to need matches on SmackDown. And what's bigger than kind of Bray Wyatt's re-debut versus LA Knight, I suppose? That's very, very true. I, I, I am a little bit confused because I'm wondering myself why wasn't a Survivor Series match um, made from this? So, again, I didn't know whether, you know, LA Knight wasn't important enough for Triple H <laughs> to want to make it an actual <laughs> um, sort of pay-per-view show. Um, but I also know that if it was made into a pay-per-view match, I would probably question it then too and be like, why? <laughs> because LA Knight is not like maybe that sort of caliber that you would expect a, a match would come out of this feud with Bray that they're building. So to be honest, I don't know whether I'm upset or not upset that a match has come from this on Survivor Series because it hasn't. I don't think I'm too bothered. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit confusing because they have focused on the storyline for like a few weeks now. So it's like, well, if you were going to do the storyline, but it was nothing to do with Survivor Series or getting a match out of it, then where are you going with it? Yeah. What are you doing with this? So I really hope that it, it you know, follows through on the shows on SmackDown um, and it makes it all worth it. But right now I'm kind of like, OK, so you've had this storyline going. What are you doing with it? Where are we going? Keep in mind, he hasn't done anything physical yet. Like, like on screen, he hasn't done any. He hasn't. I've seen. He hasn't His uncle ball. has done more than what. I haven't seen why do anything. We've seen the head promo, haven't we? Yeah, we've seen the head. Yeah, butt. the head, but that's, that's pretty much thing. the only most physical he's yeah. gotten. So I, I wonder is he healthy? I hope everything is fine. It's been a while, but we'll see uh, if that's going. We'll see in the future how long that <laughs> that lasts. Like you mentioned, I'm laughing, but I'm like saying. I want the payoff soon, but once Uncle Howdy is just destroying, people will be like, right, we've got to stop this. <laughs> like, it's too much. I like LA Knight. He shouldn't be beaten in two minutes. Um, speaking of people I like that get destroyed in two minutes, Hit Road got destroyed by the Viking Raiders. And then we see a digital um, exclusive clip of Dominic Mysterio and Ray Ripley going to race to beat him up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is... That should be on proper TV. Oh. <laughs> it should hold on like At this point, like, Jesus, Dom, like, you go there and you're like, oh, hey, I just came over to say I'm grateful for beating your ass. <laughs> like, please. Like, not Aaliyah. They messed up when they went over that door. I'm expecting, like, Ray's wife just to pick up the goddamn pan and whack her son over the head. Like, Seriously. Is is this the point though, guys, where Ray goes, Enough is enough. You came to yes. my home, you attacked yeah. me in front of my family. Or is he gonna be like, No, you gotta do something else? What else can no, Dom do? Ray, talk to your son. <laughs> some sense into him. I can guarantee you now that if I did that to my father, I am I am 
I'm preparing myself for a belt. I'm preparing for him to come over to my house and beat some sense into me. I wouldn't even have the balls to do that against my dad. So right, like right now, Ray needs to come back and represent. Come beat your boy and beat some sense back into him. Dom will take his mask. That, I don't sorry. know when. Did he actually Ray a Ripley in front of his own mother? Because if I was his mum, I would have beaten senses. <laughs> What the fuck you calling mommy? No, seriously, that was my thought. I literally was like, why is this mum not got her slipper right now and beating upon her son? Because if that was my son, I'd be grabbing my slipper and he would see the end of that soul. He he really would. <laughs> well, we see LA Knight attack backstage again. And then the World Cup semi-final match, USA versus USA. Monty, then he did this so he can put American flags all the way around, didn't they? You know, yep. that's the pretty only... much. <laughs> we are the world. Yes, no lie. Yeah, soccer. Uh, well, the match never. It's the really only got... time that we care about it, by the way. <laughs> the only time of the any time, only time we care about soccer is the World Cup. I promise you, it's, it's the only jab- time <laughs> we can beat these. Yes, we can get this job done. <laughs> All these different countries. Hi, are you German? I've actually had an American say that to me before. Like, and I just couldn't couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, Monty. Anyway, the match in itself, uh, Gunther and Imperium came down and provided a distraction. Ricochet capitalised and scored an upset win of the monster of all monsters. Imperium attacked Strowman. Ricochet made the save. And then Braun <laughs> channeling, channeling his 80s wrestling with that hand outreached to Ricochet. Give <laughs> uh, <laughs> me, brother. Ray uh, Hogan is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lifting it up there. But again, happy Ricochet got the win over Braun. And this is Braun saying, look, look I haven't got a problem with flippy floppy guys. I jobbed to one. Like, what's wrong with right. that? Yeah. Back, Rick, Ricochet and Santa also going to kill it. Just, oh, my God. Can you imagine it's that gonna match? Be fun. That is going to be so incredible. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, backstage, Sami Zayn stopped Kevin Owens from entering the Bloodlines locker room. Owens claimed to have come to his friend's aid whenever he puts his foot in his mouth and says something stupid, but he will not be there to protect him next time. Why don't he strike first when it comes to the Bloodline? Jay Uso, who had his head poked out the locker room door and heard the entire exchange, asked Zayn if he had talked to anyone since arriving. Yonaru's lied and claimed he had not. I fucking love this, Jaxi. For me, this is like steak. <laughs> this is me. Oh, it was perfect. I loved every minute of it. Jay creeping. Jay just sat there listening. Jay testing Sammy. Everything. Like, I'm all here for this drama. I'm stirring the tea, even though it was actually coffee when I was watching this instead of tea. But I was stirring that tea, you know, like waiting for this all to drop. They're planting the seeds so beautifully with this Sammy and Jay. Uh, storyline like I'm completely 100% invested oh, I absolutely love it, it was fantastic uh, what was meant to be a tag match turned handicap after backstage Salt and Rodriguez left her with a broken arm uh, Shotzi be it brave or stupid lost to Baz when Rodriguez called it brave or stupid came to the ring clearly nurse an injury proved to be a brave or stupid decision as face <laughs> target the elbow and Rouser taps her out <laughs> Raquel used to be a badass, but now she's an idiot. Monty, how's that yeah. work out? What happened? <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. told me a long time ago, in a great quote in his New Japan uh, comments a while ago, 
Baby faces and professional wrestlers are idiots. And there you go. That's all you need to know. Right That's a perfect example of it. Professional wrestlers can be idiots. That's why Zach says he's one of the best because he's he's smart. Everyone else is an idiot. So that was a perfect yeah. example of a great wrestler being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so infuriating. It really is. Like, like why would you have done that? Because even if go you to the hospital, had, girl. Yeah, <laughs> come on. If you had good intentions, like you wanted to come out and be there for your friend who was clearly stupid enough to come out for a two-on-one handicap. Like you've just like outed yourself as to having the biggest weakness, which is a broken arm already, and you basically presented it to two dominating, like UFC fighters, to just brock you up even more. Like how stupid can you get? Like, seriously, Raquel Gonzalez wouldn't have been so stupid. Raquel Rodriguez, stupid. Yeah. I mean, and also, can we get <laughs> can we get a manager uh, for Baszler and Ronda? Like, don't get me wrong, I don't mind them on the microphone, <laughs> but I just... I kind of would like that, you know. We just want direction. Like, they giving puns? Chicken... Wings? I get it. I get it. That's funny. That's funny. Wings. <laughs> yeah, they do, they do the mouthpiece, but, like, it has to be the right one, you know? Like, they, they you couldn't just go, oh, Zelina Vega, stop, uh, you know, being the mouthpiece for Legato and go and be the mouthpiece. Like, it needs to be someone that is on the same sort of, like, badass caliber as Shayna and... Uh, Ronda, so I don't know who that could be, but they do need like they would benefit probably from yeah. having a manager. It's a shame, but like someone like Beth Phoenix, you know, and again mentioning Beth, I wouldn't mind her being in the War Games match because obviously problems with Ripley, even though I know they're saving it. But Beth can do mic work, and that would probably work because at least I have respect for her. I mean, that would be pretty badass to have like. Beth be on sort of like Ronda and Shayna's team. She totally could like run with them, you know. Um, yeah. But eventually, yeah, like we know that she's going to be going into this uh, this feud with Rhea, which probably prevents her from being a manager to them because they're obviously sort of all on the heel side at the moment. And if Beth is coming back right now, Beth is coming back to dominate Rhea Ripley. Uh, so we'll have to see kind of how things g- progress after that. Um, but it won't be for a long time. And I think that Shayna and Ronda could benefit from having someone be the mouthpiece sooner rather than later, you know? Um, I, do, I really I really don't know who I could actually label um, right now as uh, a potential decent manager that could actually help uh, them. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think that they need help when they're in the ring. They both are two dominant women. And as we seen previously from before Vince fucked up Shayna's reign like we've seen that both of them can actually hold their own and dominate yeah. so I'm not they worried need, in that yeah they need like you said they need direction yeah, yeah a little bit of direction there. yeah uh, yeah um, well, so do you know what? actually that being said I'm gonna actually just throw this out there but even someone like Lana could have actually been a decent math piece for them I'm just saying could have actually worked who <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe>. knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll move on. And the man's advantage in Saturday's War Games 
with a stake in the main event of SmackDown as Drew McIntyre and Sheamus sought to buck the trend and defeat the Usos. Do you guys remember when I wanted to see McIntyre and Sheamus team up? This was a joy uh, as they <laughs> took on the bloodline and a hotly anticipated encounter. Ringside brawls got way, gave way to Kevin Owens stopping Sami Zayn from interfering with the title belt. Owens then Zayn into the ring, which distracted Jay, who got hit by a stunner by Owens, and Sheamus hit him with a brogue kick to pick up the victory. This was great stuff all round. Owens getting involved, telling him to strike first, you're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to turn on you, and hitting the stun as well. And even Owens, with his positioning, like standing on the stairs after it happened, with Zayn, you know, on the apron, walking away then, the four, yeah, four faces in the ring, and Owen's just looking on. Like that guy gets it. <laughs> like he, they just, it all worked. You know, Gina, what were your thoughts on this main event? Because again, seeing Drew and Sheamus team up, you think, why have they not had a tag title run yet? I mean, you asked that why they, ha- why haven't they had a tag title run yet? But it's clear they just don't want them together as a tag team. Otherwise. Drew would be part of the brawling brutes already, you know. Um, as much as it's nice to kind of think of these two together as a tag team, I do see them more as a separate, you know, individual team. Whereas with the rest of the brawling brutes, I can see Sheamus hanging with them. Um, and as nice as it is, we all know that like Drew and Sheamus have that in real life like um, friendship. Mm. I still don't think that that would be enough for me to look at them like a legit tag team I would prefer to still see them both as separate individual single wrestlers um, so if they are going to try and make them a tag team I think that they need to truly write that in you know either Drew joins the Brawling Brutes fully or Sheamus leaves the Brawling Brutes and it's just him and Drew um, I don't think I'd be able to see one or the other you know Um I didn't find the match was that bad. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's nothing bad for me to say about it. But again, for me, because I look at both Drew and Sheamus as individual wrestlers, like separate wrestlers, single run wrestlers, I can't see them making this tag run last for weeks. In my eyes, I think from Clash, Sheamus needs to kind of be put back on top. And that's not me saying anything bad about Drew at all. Um, I generally still love Drew and if he was the champ I would not be mad at it but after Clash and hearing the pop for myself just for Sheamus I truly believe Sheamus needs another run as just champ and that means that I'm really sorry I don't think Drew needs to tag with him right now for that. No but even the way they kind of handled the match wasn't it with Drew tagging Sheamus, shagging uh, shagging shagging what the fuck's that about that's what I will wish. Oh. That was like, that's what I watch. Uh, no, Sheamus getting a tag in. The hot tag. And getting, yeah, baby. Getting a bro kick uh, and getting <laughs> done. Like I said, Sheamus is positioned as, and even the poster, or some of the posters for War Games that have got the uh, brutes on, Sheamus is the kind of main face as it was. Uh, but now is the time that I've been waiting for because. We've enjoyed ourselves here for a couple of hours, but now Monty and Jaxi go to war. Uh, it's time for Survivor Series predictions. Before we get there, let's talk WWE Pay-Per-View League because that's all that matters. And at the moment, Gina and I are on five 
points apiece. But Gina, all points are vital because they're all going to be tallied up at the end of the year. So even if we get this win, even if we were to win, you know, win this one and get six, and you know they might get it on seven, but I think matters. Uh, Monty Jackson up to seven points apiece. It just shows you. It's a bit like talk about soccer. The table never lies, you know. And you think about how many shows that we've reviewed and predicted, and you two are, are <laughs> level on points. It is pretty crazy. Uh, we're going to start off, though, and we're going to... Because you uh, you know, times three, so third time <laughs> lucky. Let's see whether or not the UK can do this. <laughs> Jackson, before we start, are you nervous about giving predictions right now, or have you looked through them and quietly confident? Um, so I've looked through them on... Um quite a, a bit you know and gone back and forth and into uh, i'm really strategizing with uh this one it's not going with my with my heart and what i want you know this time this is like me really trying to kind of figure out how best to beat monty in this sense um but i'm i'm definitely nervous i don't know I, I don't know whether or not i'm taking a few risks here but if you don't take risks you you won't reap the rewards you know so yeah. we'll see how it goes well, usually what I do to beat Monty in NXT is just show up. So, you know, no, I'm joking. I'm joking, Monty. Are you were feeling it, though, man. I know you're feeling it. I can feel the pressure. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Like I said, as we've gotten closer to me, to it, I've, it's gotten to me a little bit. Because um, I, I, I have, like I said, I've checked through everything also. And I agree. I think I'm taking some risk in the exact same way. So it's like, how the hell is this going to play out? You know, and uh, it's, I'm very, very curious, but I'm excited because, I, like I said, I mentioned earlier, this card is really, really good to the sense to where even though it's only five matches, five, yep. most of these yeah. matches I have no clue. Like, they can go either way, honestly. I can make an argument for both sides. <laughs> so that's what made this so difficult for me. So this is going to be very difficult. I've been very secretive with my choices this time around. And it's it's especially because I'm trying to be as strategic as possible so I could potentially win this time around. But it's, it's really difficult because, you know, they put a lot of effort into all five matches. Um, and I don't really think that there was... A, a, if, if we weren't to argue the sort of LA Knight Bray Wyatt match, like, I feel like, you know, this is the right amount of matches because there's so much at stake for each match. So, yeah. I mean, how good does it feel to just be sit back and and kind of enjoy this, Gina? You know, the pressure's off for us. You know, we can just have fun. (laughs) I mean, in a way, part of me was like a bit gutted because I thought, right, I'm not being considered for any form of competition in this group (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) So there was a slight moment where I was kind of sad and then there was another moment where I kind of thought actually no I'm actually pleased by this because my stress levels would be so much more higher if I was in that top bracket and if I had that potential to win I think if I lost I'd be so bitter so I'd rather already be the loser so I'm good (laughs) well you don't know your bonus prediction your year-end predictions that you gave at the end of 2021 might have 50 out of 50. You might have won. I don't even remember those. <laughs> but you might win by 20 points. That's why it's the year-end prediction important. But the prediction league, like we said, the tables are vital at this moment. 
I mean, it's between Monty and Jaxi. But of course, like I said, Gina and I will partake. And the first match we'll look at will be AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Uh, and I will start. Jaxi, I'll start with you. Um, I'm going AJ on this one uh, to win. Uh, I think that first of all, Finn Balor has been on a real like streak with the with the Judgment Day, and I think they've been doing really well. I also do feel like right now AJ needs a win more than Finn Balor on this one. Um, you know, they they just recruited sort of Mia Chim to the OC, um, even though she, neither uh, like would be neither female will be present during their match. Um, I think it would be good for the OC to be picking up this win on this one. So I'm going with AJ on this one. Monty, which way are you going? Yeah, it's funny. I actually took a lot of time to think this one through. Uh, man, I, I, I really, really didn't know where to go, but I, I'm in the same boat, Jack. I'm with AJ too. I actually think that it would do more for AJ, not only for this feud, because think about it, the OC hasn't really won anything in this feud at all, honestly, and other than like maybe a hit match here or two on Raw uh, in one-on-one situations. But I think this would be a great job for AJ, great time for AJ to win this match. He hasn't won like a match on a major pay-per-view in a long time. And also, I think you would want, you, I, I would still want AJ to be in that lineage of, of WWE Championship contender. And I think the only way he can stay in that, in that, you know, conversation is if he picks up wins in this situation. Although I love what they've been doing with Finn, and I think, but I think that big wing over Edge can can hold him over a little bit uh, because I think Edge is definitely probably going to come back for revenge in that case. So at some point, so I'm going with AJ. Yeah, uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, pretty much similar to what um to what Monty said. I've actually got AJ down to win. Um, I feel like, again, AJ needs to win more than the Judgment Day do because the Judgment Day have been getting quite a few wins themselves lately, which is great. But I think that they can afford the loss here. Um, and I do think, as Jaxie said, you know, with Mia Chim joining them recently, they really need to make the OC seem quite formidable. Um, and that's not going to happen if they don't sort of let AJ get the win here, you know. So yeah. I've gone with AJ. Yeah, I have to go with AJ as well. Up next for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey. Monty, which way do you see this going? <laughs> so, <laughs> before I go, before I tell you my obvious answer, I just want to notice during this show, I looked, I saw on social media that Shotzi is dedicated to this match to her late father, and I, I, I when wrestlers do that, whenever they do stuff like that, it always makes me consider things. But I don't care what's going on. She ain't beating Ronda Rousey. <laughs> okay. If the father's a special guest I'm sorry. It doesn't... <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm sensitive to that, man. You know, I lost a parent. I get it. But, yeah, yeah no. Nah, I'm sorry, Shashi. I love you, but Ronda's taking that arm most likely. She's going to give a fight, though, but I, Ronda's definitely winning. Yeah, especially if Baszler's there. Like, it's just, it's just what? Uh, yeah, but, come on, man. We don't know. We don't know. Jaxie, what about you? I mean, I'm, I, I'm all here for Shotzi. I, lo- I love her character and stuff, but I would be stupid to choose her right now. Like, the Rodder's got this, 
You know, she they just dominated Raquel and tuck her out like like that. They basically beat Chelsea to a pulp also uh, last night. So do I actually really believe Chelsea's got a chance at this? No, I don't. I'm sorry, Chelsea. I love you, but you're getting your ass beat tonight. Yeah. Gina, uh, well, I'm going to go Ronda as well. Gina, you the same? Yeah, I was going to say there's no shock there that I'm going to go with Ronda. I mean, sorry, Shotzi, because I do actually like the personality that she brings. She is very different from some of the other female wrestlers we have. And so I do really respect Shotzi and the work that she puts into her character. But I'm sorry, there's no way on earth she's like, she's just the filler. She's the filler fight for Ronda until they bring a next person in to actually make us question whether Ronda's going to lose the belt or not. So, um, sadly, Shotzi, it's not going to happen tonight yeah. for you. No, I'd agree there. Uh, up next, the US title. Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. It's great they've all got their first names. Uh, we, uh, Jack C, which way do you see this going? Sorry, which one? Uh, US title. Okay, so this one has been the one that I've actually changed my mind about multiple times. So I'm really like, if I don't actually win this point, it's just going to really stress me out because I feel like I was really stressed out trying to pick a, make a choice in the first place. Uh, look, I'm going to take a risk here. Uh, I'm going to go theory to win this and I feel like it's going to be one of those matches where Bobby Lashley is mainly dominating Seth Rollins is mainly undermining and playing like you know mind games with with all of them and I feel like Theory is going to be that you know one that is ignored by both wrestlers that just sort of comes out and capitalizes and and, and comes on top uh Another reason why I'm going with this decision is uh, I do hear a lot of uh, Cody name dropping at the moment, um, which makes me feel like uh, Seth could be potentially going back into another uh, uh, feud with Cody because we clearly know that that definitely is not done for. Uh, Cody's not just going to come back and forget how uh, what Seth did with to him and stuff. Um, I also think that we still haven't seen the last between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. So I feel like potentially they could be doing this move because they wanted to put the US belt back on theory, but not with the character, the selfie loving, stupid idiot theory, but more a serious theory, which is what we're seeing right now. So that's my reasoning behind my decision. It could come to bite me in the ass, but this is this is the... Uh, I'm definitely uh, taking a risk here. This is my risk. Oh, we're out of doubt. And sometimes it's needed. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I've I, I, I literally had a tough time with this one too. Like you said, specifically with the later uh, stages of what they've shown the theory and how it just feels like maybe that that's what this whole situation was about with him cashing in. But I just really not, I honestly don't like it if that's the case. Honestly, and I think that's personally. If this come back to bite me, is because of my own wants and <laughs> and thoughts. Because again, I just you cash in for the U.S. title. If the end goal is to get him the U.S. title, why embarrass him? Just I understand you could, but he could always just start attacking people, like James mentioned earlier. So it just makes that look even dumber to me if you just give him the belt. 
right here. And uh, honestly, but I, I honestly get what you're saying, though. I get it. I just in my it, that would get in my that would literally just make me annoyed just by that fact of Fury was to win this fast after losing that opportunity when he had Seth Rollins basically beat. And we know what happened in that situation. It's just I don't know. I just I think Seth would be more likely the one to come out on top, similar in like the in the Jericho way. Because, like I said, Fear is going to try to show that he, this new side of him. And lastly, like you mentioned, it's going to be dominant. I think that'll be perfect for Seth to still be able to retain. And you can still do whatever you want to do with Cody. And honestly, since they, they're starting to try to rebrand the U.S. title, look at Cody's gear. Look at everything about Cody. Cody would be a great – you could do the Seth Rollins rematch for the U.S. belt. I don't see what the problem is. I understand people would want Cody to be – a, a world champion right off the bat, but honestly, I don't think that's ever was going to happen. So I think building Cody up, starting off with taking that belt off self too, can work in the same fashion, even if self loses here. So I don't know. I'm going with self. I'm sticking with self, and maybe me playing it safe here with the retain costs me, but we'll see. I want Cody to win the Rumble and go for the US title. Hey. <laughs> no, no, that, okay. no, that, that's I could go for any match. Man's went down to the relegation stone already. He's just done. Intercontinental. You're dead already. <laughs> Gina, what about you? Um Okay, I actually still haven't made a decision about this one. <laughs> I mean, I want to say Bobby Lashley because realistically, if you think about all of the opponents, the skills they've got, the weight they've got over each other, you would think like Bobby Lashley is going to smash everyone. But I do have a very harsh feeling that a similar situation to the AEW match between Samoa Joe, um, Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs, I feel like a similar situation is going to happen where there's going to be some sort of distraction and theory will get the win because there's you know bobby and seth are maybe too focused on each other to even give a shit about what theory is doing so i really i really really want to say bobby lashley but i do have a sick feeling in my stomach it's going to be theory so i'm going with theory yeah theory uh, I, my theory usually in triple threat matches, been a year now, and you guys won't remember me saying this. Usually, multi man matches, a champion should retain. So, I'm gonna go Seth Rollins when it comes to this. Up next, the War Games, and it's the uh, Raw Women's Division basically, as we've got Damage Control, uh, Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Nikki Cross, and of course. Ray Ripley versus uh, Bank Belair. <laughs> I'm doing this at the top of my head, guys. Well, Alexa Bliss, <laughs> Oscar, Mia Yim, and of course, returning Becky Lynch. Uh, Monty, this is a tough one to call. Which way do you see it going? Yeah, uh, again, um, I, this one I felt more risky. I don't know. It's just I, I couldn't shake the Alexa Bliss stuff. And if that cost me, then they swerved the hell out of me and good job. But it's just I, Alexa Bliss this entire time has not looked like she has been as into it as the rest of the team. And as much as I would probably like Becky to return and give a, give a good feel-good moment and win, 
I think she can have a great showing and everything will be fine. Get some revenge back on damage control and not win and it wouldn't bother anybody. I think damage control, especially with Bailey is losing both, all of her t- opportunities at the belt. Damage control, it's been so up and down their, their booking. At first I thought they were going to be a dominant faction, but then they would, you know, they had the passing the tag belts around. And now, you know, like I said, Bailey hasn't been able to beat Bianca. Uh, I honestly feel like another thing that, that caught my attention is that Rhea's here, and I do remember we were definitely going towards Rhea and Bianca at some point for SummerSlam. And I think maybe if you give Rhea maybe a victory over Bianca here, who's been dominant, this won't hurt Bianca at all. You can make Raw Rumble uh, a championship situation between Rhea and Bianca, and that still can lead to belts and whatever they want to do down the line, but I just think as of right now, the, the next best option moving forward, you should probably use War Games to get a great another contender in there in Bianca's way other than her partners. Now, I could be wrong, and they do a random Triple H, like you said earlier, women's division, <laughs> triple threat with Becky Lynch and Oscar and Alexa the next night on Raw, and that's how they determine the next contender, and I'm just screwed. And we get Becky Lynch and Bianca again, but I prefer us to go down a new road, give us Rhea and Bianca, uh, maybe at the Royal Rumble stage. That's the way I'm leaning. Again, could be wrong. But I'm, I'm going to stick with Damage Control. Team Damage Control. That's why I'm going to put it down. Jack C, what about you? You know, um, so yeah, this was another one that I'm taking a bit of a risk on. But I, I, have, a, I have similar views to Monty, but uh, my reasoning, I think, was different why I, cho- uh, why I went with Damage Control to win. Um, I think that uh, they're definitely setting up potentially for Rhea versus Bianca, whether or not I think that they'll execute it at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. I'm not entirely sure, but I kind of went with um, not Alexa causing them to lose, but Alexa just like not aiding in them to help them win. So they're just down a woman. Um, and I I kind of like had it in my mind that Rhea was just going to dominate throughout the whole match, kind of like similar to what Shayna did in the Elimination Chamber when she just dominated yeah. that whole time. Um, I've just got this feeling that war, this War Games is really going to be a, about Rhea, um, maybe a little bit less than what it's going to be about Alexa. I don't know if I'm not really entirely sold that they're going to sell the whole Alexa potential Bray thing happening tonight on war games i think it could potentially be mainly focused on rhea and what she can do in the ring and and how much of a threat she can be to bianca so um i went with uh damage control to win but with rhea ripley being the one to ultimately pick up the win for the team yeah i can see something crazy like ripley rip tidings off the top through a table yeah yeah something absolutely batshit crazy you know yeah uh gina what about you no james i'm sorry you keep coming to me last yeah i'm not happy well it's about monty and jackson it's not about you it's not about me (laughs) with my choices but I'm not. I literally have the same feeling because I feel like damage control kind of need this win. Yes, they won the, the tag team championships, but Bailey lost ultimately to Bianca again. And so for me, I feel like damage control need this war games win over like, you know, the, the face team 
to show how formidable they are. But I also agree in the sense of, right, so Becky's come back. Everyone's going to expect Becky to smash it and just come out here and win. When really, I think Becky is going to get so wound up because they really focused on SmackDown. They really focused on Becky and Rhea at the end. And I have a feeling like Rhea is going to get the win, as Jaxie said, and Becky is going to be screwing about it to the point that she's going to have her own feud with Rhea before Rhea even goes for the belt with Bianca. So that's kind of how I feel. But next time, come to me first, because I like my idea, and I thought I could have voiced it better than Monty and Jaxie said. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> so the main event of Survivor Series War Games is, of course, a War Games match, and it is the Bloodline, Sola Sokoa, Jimmy J. Uso, Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns taking on the Brawling Brutes slash Kevin Owens, which, of course, is Butch Dunn, Ridge Holland, Sheamus, Drew Magta and Kevin Owens. And, hmm, Gina, who do you think is going to win then? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I was meant to go first in that line. No, no, it's not. I threw my little bitch fist so that I could. Um, I... I generally believe that it's going to be the bloodlines win here again. Um, it all depends really on whether Triple H or WWE want to pull the plug with the whole Sammy working with um, Kevin Owens. And I still think it's a bit too early. We're still getting into Sammy just finally getting kind of the life he wants from the Usos, not just the Usos, but the bloodline, you know, he's, He's finally being recognized by Roman. He's finally, you know, being seen a b- higher above the Usos. So for me, I, I think if, if the bloodline lose, it will be because of Sammy's betrayal. But I don't think Sammy's betrayal is yet. I think they're still going to try and hold out a little bit longer. So I do believe the bloodline have got this one. But I do think some tomfoolery will happen. There will be some questioning Jay kind of getting angry at Sammy and possibly those two having it out in the ring and us all questioning shit, are the bloodline about to lose this because Jay can't keep his cool. Um, But I see Roman being like, look, kids, I am not losing. (laughs) So I'm going to get this win in. Um, So I do see uh, the bloodline retaining and winning this war games match, but I do see some tomfoolery happening, some seeds being planted in terms of, you know, Sammy not wanting to fight Kevin, maybe, and just being a bit reluctant, and maybe Jay getting angry and questioning Sammy's intentions, things like that. So I do think shit like that will go down throughout the match. Yeah, well, I, I, I see it the other way. I see with the Brutes getting their winner. Oh, what a big shock! Well, Drew I'm just fucking. What a big shock! I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Sami Zayn involved there has got to be the loose end. Like, whether it be Sheamus making him tap out to claim yes. relief or, or quit him because, you Something. know, whatever it is. And then the bloodline look at Zayn and say, you're to blame. And then we hold off until maybe the rumble where they really just turn. And we know then where we're kind of going. Can't. Again, to go against the bloodline is a really silly move, especially where they have been in the past two years, especially when it's the first ever War Games match and you think the Bloodline winning would make perfect sense. 
but I'm going to go to Brutes. And I also did that. So then Monty and Jaxie have got <laughs> still two different choices. And Jaxie... No longer. It's all on you, Jaxie. The men's war games match. Which way do you... Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, th- I feel like seeds were planted on SmackDown recently. So, which leads me to believe that Sammy potentially could be the weakest link in in this uh, war games. And uh, I see him taking the pin. Um, I see him sort of being like this beginning, the be- uh, this being the beginning factor of them sort of doubting on, on Sammy. Jay solidifying that with what he heard um, from the conversation between Sammy and Kevin. Um, and I see this being like the, the start of the descent of Sammy Uso, uh, you know. So I'm going with the Brawling Brutes to win this one. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you're going to get some bloodline. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Do you know what? I'm saying you. I feel like I'm ultimately betraying the Usos. I'm wearing their T-shirt right now in support of them. I love the Usos. You know I love the Bloodline, yeah. Daddy Rain, obviously, all of them, Solo, Sokoa even. And, of course, the formidable Sammy Uso. I love them all. But I do see this being the, the beginning of the downfall of mm. Sammy Uso. Um, I feel like we're really going to take off with this uh and this could be like sort of like the beginning factor of it. So I've I've gone with the brawling brutes, but it doesn't mean I don't love the the bloodline. I love both teams, to be honest. I really do. It's hard. Yeah, I love, to be fair, it just shows you predictions are more important than the bloodline. That's that's what it shows here. Hey, when when you're in the when you're in the finals, yeah, and when when you've been against. You know, not not just been in the finals for for WWE, but you've been in the finals for AEW. Yeah, things get like shit gets real serious. Okay, I'm taking nice this. Nice <laughs> like, it's putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I'm trying to live up to that. Yeah, well, let's hope you don't lose this one, eh, uh, Monty? <laughs> Fuck you, James. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I apologize. Monty, it's down to you, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's I, I hate this because it feels like this is going to be anticlimactic, but I agree. The Brutes, I got the Brutes, man. Uh, as much as I would love to go for the bloodline, honestly, long term, I'm like, where's the fun in it? Like, they're already so far ahead of everybody else. What does winning war games, other than like you mentioned earlier, James, saying that the bloodline won the first main roster war game? Which, again, do they need another accolade? <laughs> like, not really. They, got they don't enough, need yeah. another one. Yeah, I think they got <laughs> enough. And, like, even if it's if it's Sammy getting pinned, hell, I even uh, – I've come down from this thought, but I even was thinking maybe Owen's still a stunner victory and be the first person to pin him. I'm like, nah, they shouldn't give away Roman getting pinned in this probably. So, even though, again, this is the one time you can make – you finally have an opportunity where it makes sense for the bloodline to actually lose – and the bloodline don't necessarily have to lose anything from it, a championship or anything like that. You can have Sammy lose this, and you can continue to tell the wonderful story that they have to tell. Because like you mentioned, Sammy is just getting there good with the uh, with the bloodline. But also, let's mention this. He's not necessarily made a mistake to where Roman has yeah. had to rectify him yet. And I think that's the story. It's like, what is going to happen now? We see how Roman treats his family when they don't get the job done. What are they, What is he going to do to Sammy? And then I also thought that Jay Uso having this information 
and just being so paranoid. I said, that can play a factor. Like you guys mentioned, that could be the finish right there. Jay just not trusting Sammy enough, and Sammy ended up taking the pin because of it. And I think that yeah. could be the difference. I mean, we've, and I'm going with the Bruce we've winning. Seen this, um, we've seen this, uh, this occasional like dynamic between Jay and Sammy when either one is in a map, and they both disagree right. with the way that they're taking things on. So I can, I think, I can see that escalating in war games to the point where it's actually going to cost them. Like, you know, just them actually take, taking the match seriously because they're too engulfed in their own little inner turmoil uh, interactions, you know? Well, this yeah, and I think overall that's Sorry. a better story than just the bloodline wins again. Yeah, but it's even, I just had a thought of, like, imagine if, like, you talk about Owen Stunner's reigns goes for, like, the pin. Zane grabs, like, the microphone just, you know, because he knows Reigns yeah. is getting pinned. Like, so maybe, But then again, that doesn't go into the story. Like I said, Zane should be the weak link in this matchup. You know, like I said, it should be the reason why then they start assessing Zane's honorary oos role, you know, and like I said, it's very, very interesting. But again, to go I against mean, the bloodline I, still feels like a mistake. I still feel like I agree. Because I immediately wrote them push, down when I saw the um, Yeah. They need to push Soto more as well. Because if you ask me, I think if like they continue to show Soto being like a formidable opponent, even though he doesn't have a belt for himself, then it shows each and every member of the bloodline, possibly bar Sammy, are on point. And so then it will lead to that point where Roman's like, what are you bringing to the table? Mm. You know? So, yeah, I agree. It'd be interesting, Steve. So the match we are all going to watch, people listening to the pod and the people here, is the US match like a fucking hawk. We'll be watching that. That's the only match I care about tonight, actually. <laughs> if it starts Depending on show, how they go, I might not yeah. finish the card. If <laughs> well, no, they'll start with war games, I'm hoping. But like I said, if, if that's the second match, it's a short night for someone tonight. Because it's soon as that I think Bobby Lashley's going to win. But I'm not, I'm not going to uh, go. Right. There you go. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Gina. <laughs> Jesus didn't pick him this time, though. No, no. But she never. She didn't pick him last time, uh, though. Oh, fair, we in danger. Say, I didn't pick him last time, and I really we're in danger. <laughs> I should have just fucking. Bobby's gonna him hurt Locks. Oh my god! <laughs> we're in well, now, wait, Monty, you're making me question my decision. <laughs> well, they are set in stone now. We will find well, out. I did say, just so you know, I did say, although I've gone with Theory, I definitely think that Bobby Lashley should win this. So if he wins, that's the G-site speaking. Well, well, that is true, but we'll find out who actually wins. <laughs> the Not only Survivor Series predictions, but the actual WWE pay-per-view league as well. We will find out on our next show. And whilst we talk about our next show, we talk about schedule. Because it's one of the best probably we've ever had on the WNR. So our next uh, podcast will be Wednesday, which will be the Survivor Series full review. Monty, you have got your work cut out, I will say. Because we've got NXT Update coming up on December 3rd. Catching up on six episodes. Yay! And then Impact, Gina, Impact Special... Is on the 10th, the end of the year. So you can listen to that and catch up with all the things that are going on with Impact, you see? <laughs> uh, last points Why on the... Lo- yeah. <laughs> just me, just me, don't worry. It's only a half hour. They're great shows, I love them. Because uh, no one tells me to go fuck myself. So it's kind of different, you know? <laughs> but it works itself. The last points, people wondering, were last points from the line? 
It will be for NXT Deadline, uh, which we'll hopefully review on the 14th. Like I said, Rogini, you're more than welcome to review it with us, or but definitely give your predictions because that is the last bonus predictions on the line. December 21st, hopefully AEW Winter is coming and the fallout of full gear as well. December 20th, of course, the 8th annual traditional Christmas special with the 8th annual Dubinar Awards coming up. Who will be the rest of the year? Who will win the Johnny? And then December 31st, we're going to have a New Year's special. Of course, end of year predictions. All this hard work will finally pay off for one lucky person. We find out who the true prediction king and or queen is of the WNR podcast. And then into 2023, January 8th, Wrestle Kingdom. Like we talk about, we've got Kazuo Chika Okada taking on uh, Jay White. And of course, Willow Spray versus Kenny Omega. And at the end of January as well, we're going to look at the Royal Rumble match, which is my favourite event of the year. So what a schedule we have got lined up. Uh, should be great. And that is it for today. Monty, anything else on Survivor Series? Predictions for anything else in between? Let's go, Seal. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, see any final words? Any smack, smack talk to Monty? Not really smack talk because I've enjoyed this. This is just like an, a, a quite a nice uh, competition that I've enjoyed between friends. Um, however, the nerves are with me, so I hope everyone watching tonight enjoys the pay-per-view but also thinks of the ongoing war between myself and Monty. May the better person win. Right. Like I said, we are literally like an hour and 15 minutes away. People listen live to the kickoff to uh, Survivor Series. Gina, have you enjoyed the show? And, uh, I mean, you're going to have to listen to Jaxie during this, so I feel sorry for you a little bit. Yeah, I actually was going to comment that and say, I mean, Moxie's, uh, Mox Monty is not going to get, like, the stick I am, because I'm just going to hear it. Like, she, I, I already know half the words she's going to say, like, if Monty wins, I'm never going on this podcast again. Or, this is all your fault, Gina, because I said this. So it's my fault she, she went with this choice. But I already know half of the stuff she's going to come at me with, but... I'm also excited because, again, me and my sister usually have to catch up with these shows. So the fact that we can watch it live tonight, I'm so excited. And I, I, I always enjoy watching it with my sister. And this is what we grew up with, you know, just being kids and just watching it and just knowing some other dweeb like me is enjoying this. So I'm super excited at the same time. But I also know what's to come with, with the stress. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, I'm going to have Monty, you know, messaging me as well, talking shit about Jaxie. Uh, so... <laughs> 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 if I can say about me, Monty. What happens in the private chat stays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does stay in the private chat. If I catch wind of that, Monty, just watch me jump on the next plane. <laughs> Well, this my, is why you shouldn't have mentioned it. Jay. My work here is done. I'm getting threatened. Yeah, I'm, I'm... <laughs> that was purposeful. Yeah. Well, on that disturbing note, I will leave it there. Yeah, don't forget. We're across all social media: Twitter at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin You can find the entire Dublin team on the Twitter banner. Or Monty, where can people find and listen to you? 
You can go to Twitter at MindMontyPod is in your banner like you mentioned, or you can just go on YouTube, type in Mind of Monty, check me out. And Jaxie? Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm across both uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlett. And finally, Gina? Find me on both at Purple Pain. You're double on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at gmail.com. YouTube, another podcast where we'll let clips of the podcast got at the same time on YouTube as you do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, make it download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. Like I said, our next episode is a full review Wednesday. But until then, I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. And all honestly, good luck. Good luck tonight. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I mean, you know, may the better person win. There's a lot at stake here, but I've had fun tonight. And thank you for everyone for checking us out tonight. And, of course, the mind of Monty. And, you know, you are the NXT and uh, New Japan expert. And we wonder if you'll add WWE to that by the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, I would like to. I would like to. But I must say... Man, I'm going to take a lot of shots and self-lose. So I'll, I'll probably be fine about it by the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the genius, which is Gina. I hope you enjoyed watching the show tonight. Yeah, like I said, I get to watch it with my sister. So even if it's the most awful of shows, I think I'll still enjoy it regardless because it's something that I can watch, tweet live about and just enjoy with my sister at the same time so i hope everybody else who's listening and anybody who's not i hope everyone enjoys it and you've done two and a half hours with me so look at the positives you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean we say that that's a bad thing james but to be honest you have (laughs) me and my sister and monty for the past two and a half hours so i think like you deserve a bit of a pat on the back (laughs) like i said it's always a pleasure and never a chore But I have been James (laughs) Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye.